0: Alrighty, this week's Plants of Popcorn podcast is a 2008 film, In Bruges, uh, the debut uh, feature length film from Martin McDonagh, one of my favourites, and one of my favourite podcasts so far. Uh, Yeah, the usual spoiler warning. If you haven't seen In Bruges, do see it beforehand, it's a really great film, and then come back for a really fun chat on the film. Otherwise, let's go right ahead. Do you think this is good? Do I think what's good? You know, going around talking about movies and stuff.
1: Yes, I do called podcasting.
2: What is it you've done, Raymond? Murder, father. Why did you murder someone, Raymond?
0: For money. Who did you murder for money, Raymond? You, father.
2: After I killed them, I walked home to await instructions. Get to Bruges. Bruges. Bruges, Bruges. Bruges. Where's that? It's in Belgium.
0: For two weeks, in Bruges, in a room like this, it's you! No way. Been to the top of the tower. Guidebook says it's a must-see.
2: Well, you ain't going up there.
0: Why? It's
2: all windy stairs. I'm not being funny.
0: What exactly are you trying to say?
2: There are a bunch of elephants. <laughs> Mr. Blakely? Yes? You have a message? Number one, why aren't you in when I told you to be in? You better be in when I call again or there will be now to pay up. I'm telling you. He swears a lot, doesn't he? Go out. Go out where? The pub. Yes. Harry, I've got an idea. I'm going to go back to my room, jump into the canal, see if I can escape. If you go outside and round the corner, you can shoot at me from there and try and get me. I'll go outside, then which way? Right or left? You go right, don't you? Okay, on account of one, two, three, go. Who says it? Oh, you say it. You guys
0: are crazy.
2: One, two, three, go. Ray, you're about the worst tourist in the whole world. If I'd grown up on a farm and was retarded, Bruges might impress me, but I didn't, so it doesn't. Shame, my girlfriend. She's a prostitute. Didn't know there any prostitutes in Bruges. Just have to look in the right places. Brothels are good. An Uzi? I'm not from South Central Los Angeles. I want a normal gun for a normal person. Maybe that's what hell is. The entire rest of eternity spent in Bruges. Back off, shorty. You don't know karate. I-
0: Alrighty, pints of popcorn is... Waking up, and <laughs> <laughs> we're ready to roll for another week of podcasting. Where uh, Shay, as per usual, on the line with me, uh, doing it. Morning, his time; yeah. night time, my time. Uh, but we're both like in a similar stage of sleepiness. I guess would be the word. You know, it's, it's like a. F- a I'm dream. just sore. It's like a fucking I'm dream. Just... Like a fucking dream. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: How could it not be someone's fucking thing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> How can the fucking swans not be someone's fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, if it's Second not, intro. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not obvious what our film is, if well, if you haven't seen the film, then it's not going to be obvious. But as the pre-recorded intro will say, you should go watch the film before you re-listen to the podcast. It's in Bruges this week uh martin McDonagh's two thousand eight uh debut into feature films um, he had he had done an oscar oscar winning short film before um in bruges so and before that was a uh, quite an accomplished playwright uh so you know not that he was inexperienced in writing and but he certainly as far as feature films go this was his first and um a pretty powerful debut as well
1: yeah, it's an amazing film, and it uh, really shows like the trajectory that he's on, I think, because I think he'll continue to make some pretty amazing stuff. Um, as we talked off-air, to follow this up with Seven Psychopaths, he probably had something in between, but those are the two that I really think about. Two really, really great movies.
0: Yeah, no, I don't actually think he's 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 kept his... Um, his film output has been very... Um, I think he's only done the three um, in Bruce, Seven Psychopaths, and because he's been, he's continued with his playwright, um, playwriting as well. Uh, Right. But yeah, as far as films go, uh, yeah, his filmography is just Six Shooter, the short film. Um, And then in Bruce, Seven Psychopaths, and Three Billboards, which is. uh, Oh, right, Three
1: Billboards. Yeah. yeah. Another amazing film, in my opinion, but definitely his most divisive (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting that one. I'm sure we'll do a full episode on it at some point because I know you have a lot of a lot of thoughts and feelings on it, um, as I do as well. I think. Yeah, that, I think
1: it's great. Yeah. It was great before the backlash hit. So.
0: Yeah, um, but in Bruges was obviously um, yeah the first one um, one that's strangely it's very personal to him. I think in many ways, but it's also like his. Not that I've like read or seen a bunch of his plays or anything, but I've just done a bit of reading about them and like and. Um, they're great. Uh, not that I'll shout out to a, a distributor on every pod because I don't always have a special edition in hand to do it, but th- this week um, I did... I ordered myself the Second Sight Films, which is a UK distribution company that does some great, um, sturdy, limited edition for the home video um, collectors like me. Um, they did a really good release of, uh, in Bruges*. which is still available on their website at the moment. I checked tonight just to make sure that I wouldn't be recommending something that was sold out, but they do have limited runs, <laughs> I think. I think I did like two thousand sets to this one, so um, I grabbed one while I was um, just I was picking up a few others and grabbed this one because it's one of my favorite films. Um, has the screenplay um, alongside the disc, obviously with some special features as well as um, a, as well as a, another booklet of um, essays about you know by a couple of different writers. One one about Martin McDonagh's career, one about In Bruges itself, and a few different things that just uh, uh, kind of get you a a feeling in of how the film kind of came to be and yeah mcdonald's writing is often about uh, morality and guilt and and human humanity in these moments where you know the blurred lines because morality morality in reality morality in reality (laughs) (laughs) Is, um, is never, uh, is never, uh, is never a clearly defined thing. And this is what Imbruge, uh, is all about in many ways. is how we deal with guilt and, uh, and, um, and a moral compass when it comes to that guilt and how we reckon, reconcile with ourselves about it. And, um, yeah, it's quite powerful in that sense because you, you root for some characters that, um, ostensibly you wouldn't usually do so in some other films that would, you know, have watched, but this is what this film does is subvert so many tropes. Um, and yeah, it's, it's quite wonderful. It's definitely one of my favorite films, I have to say.
1: Yeah. They hint at Colin Farrell or Ray's um, kind of complicated emotions about it, but you don't really feel that he feels that guilt completely until he, has, he does raise his gun to his head at the mm-hmm. playground. Um, that's when you're like, oh, wow, this really is affecting him. Because I, I think there is a scene before that where he's crying, looking out over the town kind of from the hotel room. But you don't really know what that's about. But, I mean, you assume it's about the kid, but uh, yeah, it kind of eats him up. More and more as the film goes on, because originally you're just thinking like, who the hell is this guy? He's just pissed off to be in Bruges, and he's kind of sexist and homophobic and yeah. all the other stuff. But yeah, he's a really complex character, and in spite of all that stuff, you really like learn to feel for him, yeah, and hope that he survives.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing, and I, I did some yeah, some of that reading led me and McDonough actually said his he deliberately wrote Ray to have, he actually his way of uh, describing the character of Ray is that he's not actually all these things. He says he often, he obviously um, any, any quotes we say in this as we're chatting, by the way, is obviously we're just quoting the film. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. But you know, he says one gay beer for my gay friend and one normal beer for me because I am normal. Um, what and, and he and obviously other he drops R bombs as far as, you know, just retar- you know, says retarded a few times and um what McDonough said about it was that he he didn't mean for Ray and I, and it's not that I ever take it I think it does come across to me in the right way is that he, I don't actually think he has anything against any of these like I don't think if Ray actually had someone in his circle of friends that was gay, he'd actually have any problem. It's just that he said he just has an unfiltered he doesn't actually think about it. He just he just says crass, you know, uh, throwaway lines that are that are just what kind of, unfortunately, have been in the vernacular of people um, that do use them a bit more in a weaponized way. But he just he just says the word that comes to mind for the thing that he's thinking about, and it's that casual kind of use of the words that is a problem in society. Right. But um, and it he, is twelve years ago. Yeah. I and mean, then, and it's it yeah. probably
1: shot when I was still in high school and when I was still in high school, that was just part of the every day vernacular, unfortunately, yeah. like, um, yeah, you watch a lot of stuff from the early to mid two thousands. And so what the, they're like, the show friends does it really badly. Even early episodes of the office mm. say like use gay in a derogatory sense and stuff like that. It was just part of like the American lexicon for a bit until we all, you know, started to wise up on it. And this is, I mean, I think he might write it differently now if he wrote it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you
0: know, it, I think he'll write something for the time and uh, three billboards certainly had some, um, you know, di- but again, it's, I I, I, I respect filmmakers who write dialogue that makes sense to the film and the character or whatever that dialogue may be. As long as it's, you know, you're not writing it to be, uh, you know, Explota- you know, that exploitational kind of film, kind of, yeah, if it's just natural to the character, and I think what Ray, the character of Ray is, is someone that um, is, he has got a lot of guilt eating him up, and he's he's taking it out and everyone around him, which is just what you do when it's like that, yeah. Um, I think y- you do actually get a hint very early in the film when um, they're first, when they're first checked into the hotel room um, and Ray's, you know, Two weeks in Bruges. Yeah, in here yeah. with you. It's just like, and then and then Ken goes, "Well, we wouldn't be here if," and then kind of just trails off, and and Ray kind of, and you just see his face completely drops, and it's a brilliant performance by Farrell, but his face completely yeah. drops, and he kind of in a broken low voice says, "You had, you just had to bring that up, didn't you, or something like that," and then he storms out of the room, and so there's a there, it is hanging over them very very straight away. But it's brilliantly written that you don't... It's just you get that straight away in that moment and it's a great writing moment that you get a sense of that there is something that's happened and it's the reason that they're there. Um, But you're never fully told what that reason is until obviously later in the film. But yeah, when he's lying in bed with a a single tear rolls down his cheek after that. Yeah, I think that night when they're out in the cocaine and various (laughs) substances, um, you know, it's just... Yeah, you... Yes.
1: I hear you would you would want to cry the next morning after you've been up all night after that <laughs> kind of party. I hear those things and so I believe
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. We just we'll take, we'll take the film as gospel in that sense and uh, <laughs> uh, But yeah.
1: That deleted scene that you sent me really paints a picture of <laughs> of the aftermath of those parties and I love that because I think films do a really like poor job of I guess not all films but a lot of films like glorify drugs in a way and don't show like how shitty I hear they make you feel like the next day and for the weeks after and stuff of that nature like and that scene that's deleted um you know shows them when the high is over and they're just but they can't go to sleep because it's still in their system like it's a bad feeling and you're just laying there staring at the ceiling
0: so, yeah, I had five grams on me, and I had four grams on me, and one gram in me. <laughs> me hot <heart's laughs> <going. laughs> about the clippers. Um, this is
1: a great performance by Farrell, and a great performance um, by Ken,
0: uh, Brandy, who Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, he's a Brendan Gleeson a who I love character. as
1: an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Probably my favorite character in Gangs of New York, other yeah. than Bill, but you know he's a baddie so I'll... <laughs> but uh when he sidles up to colin farrell or when he sidles up to ray when he's talking to the dwarf and yeah. his prostitute just <laughs> so i can't i can out of his
0: mind just brilliantly, brilliantly shot as well just the framing yeah. of it and colin farrell staring straight into the camera just like also got some acid and some ecstasy, and, <laughs> <just> <laughs> yeah. and then he just pops in with his. Because Brandon Gleason's got that kind of look that you know, it's very him, like how his face face and kind of sweaty yeah. and just like and just that. Like and he's
1: already drunk, so it's like yeah, yeah. it's perfect because he's
0: like four beers
1: in twenty minutes. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. If a bartender ever said that to me, I'd be like, I think a bartender probably has said that to me. Yeah. So. <laughs> <I don't, laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've had that look from a bartender before.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when the Cubs were running to the World Series, um, that whole playoff push, I think every bartender at Jake's at one point or another was just like looking at me like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because you buy champagne and you don't really feel it for a little bit, but then it catches up to you real quick.
0: Yeah, that's what my dad's story has been all my life, is that wine, just it's a different drunk. You don't notice it at first, then you keep drinking, and then suddenly you've had two bottles and you're throwing it up, and then you don't even know you've hit the drunk.
1: Yeah, when we were going to do Damn United last week, I'm so glad we didn't do it the day that we were supposed to, because I accidentally drank two bottles of wine that night, and I like... I was like, alright, I gotta wake up to podcast, so I'm gonna leave a little wine for myself, like a glass, I thought. Mm. <laughs> that night, I thought I left a glass of wine for myself in the bottle. I woke up, and it was like that much <laughs> left. <laughs> it was a simple I was like, oh, okay. Thank <laughs> God. I, we didn't podcast this morning. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: good, good pod, though. Fair pod.
0: Yeah. yeah. This, uh, there's a lot of drinking in the movie, and I enjoy a movie that uh and this is a this is a quintessential parts of popcorn movie, really. A movie that just really makes beer look good and god damn those Belgian beers looked good. Unfold.
1: They look amazing. I wonder what Colin Farrell considers a quote unquote mm. quoting mm. him gay beer, and what is a normal beer to him.
0: I'm wondering if it was like some kind of like, you know, orange you know, pill, like orange, orange. Infused, That's how I do Mary. feel about Bloomin'. I'm not yeah. going to
1: lie to you. I don't think it's a quote unquote gay beer, but I think it's a lame beer, which I, which to use the parlance of the time, which is what gay meant, which is what Ray is using gay to mean is lame. Yeah. Because if he's actually calling it gay, he he calls the skinhead later a, a poof, I think, yeah. which is what he actually calls gay people. So it's like this weird dichotomy of language. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love that though. Yeah. I
0: I was gonna actually go buy some Belgian beer for the pod, but then like I got out of work after the bottle shop that I would I knew had it shut, so
1: Where white cloth, man?
0: (laughs) Probably I assume they just I assume they just grab the sweat off of someone that's partying in Florida and pour it into a can.
1: Oh man. That's (laughs) so so much corona coming (laughs) my way. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but instead on the pod, I'm drinking. I, I I had Guinness in the fridge and thought that was solidarity with our uh, with Rand.
1: Chicago, Illinois, part of the Midwest. All right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of terrible accents on this podcast, probably, because I've already yeah. I've already done the uh, my terrible Irish accent a couple of times.
1: Well, Ralph Fiennes has a very distinct English accent in this.
0: Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have done his too. The fucking swans.
1: And I don't even know what Ken's is supposed to be, if he's supposed to be Irish or English. Are or Scottish,
0: I, I I believe he's Irish, so I think he's meant to be yeah. Irish. Uh, um, but I will check that as we're going. But um, I guess... He's Irish in the Gangs of New York. Yeah. Or
1: just Gangs of New York, as it's actually titled. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Gangs of New York. <laughs> That's the book. Yeah. Which is not good. Lee, read Gleason read is Irish,
0: by the way. good. Um, okay. so, yeah, a great cast of people. Like you know, um, obviously. Great
1: cast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make it a say. I'm gonna make it a trope every time yeah. we say that because I think we say it every week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ted Lasso and Starship Troopers will just be regulars now. <laughs> um, I had a dream about Starship Troopers the other night, getting a nice special edition release yeah, david
1: roth just wrote about it
0: yeah it's In the amazing. new yorker
1: i gotta read it <laughs> i am not ex- i love david roth um super nice guy great writer but i don't know I'm <laughs> he sorry. Is not, i'll read it out <laughs> of respect for your love of the movie
0: yeah And my
1: disdain for this country at the moment, because that's what it's truly about.
0: Yeah. Um, This movie had a really great... I mean, we'll just... Before we get into the... I'm trying to think where we go next. I think... um, Well, let's talk about the themes of the movie, because it is so much about morality i think morality really is the key of this movie and like how we feel about um you know morals and there's certainly a lot of um catholic uh, imagery obviously bruges and, and ca- there's catholic imagery they're looking at paintings in the museum and uh, you know about you know you know christ and the, the rapture basically and and a few other, and the, the you know the 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 the, the, the holy basilica of um with jesus blood and there's just a lot and there's a lot of the, all these conversations are always they're always talking about um, you know, the purgatory and um Purgatory Tottenham
1: Last day on Earth.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and um that is an awesome painting. Yeah. It's yeah, terrifying and awesome at the same time. And yeah, the imagery imagery and and the themes of the movie about how we feel judgment should be you know, is judgment final or how we feel judgment should be should be dished out and um the, the idea of being able to change and, and better yourself and all these things all roll into the movie because you've essentially got... Um, you've got uh, kind of Harry, the character of Harry, which is Ralph Fiend's character. Ra- is it Rafe Fiend's I'm always going to fuck that up. Yeah, I it's don't know. Ralph and then people yep. say Rafe, and I'm just like, all right, so Ralph. But um, Harry's, Harry's very much he is the bible of the movie he you have this dogmatic approach to to how he sees life and how you should see it and if you don't see it his way he's flabbergasted to be honest you know he's you know he says he's like if i'd if i'd shot the fucking kid i would have put the gun in my mouth and not even thought about it would blown my own head off and he um you know, obviously comes uh a great a lot of great foreshadowing this movie but um whereas you've got and you've got Brendan Gleeson's Ken, who, who seems to be kind of indebted. He's like a, he's like a. He is the Catholic of the movie, almost following the, this dogmatic approach, but kind of almost lapsing as he as he comes to know gr- Ray, who is almost the you know secular th- like he's he's just a person, complicated warts and all trying to deal with his own uh, some of the failures that he's uh, and he even says you know the, the course of action i've taken led to this thing i don't know i this isn't what i wanted to happen but it happened so he's dealing with his own guilt and and all these and the moral complex of trying to work out how he feels himself fundamentally is not a i don't think he thinks he's a bad person but he's set in course about ba- bad course of actions that's led to this tragic event and he's trying to deal with that morality of it and then you've got you know got ken who's between Harry and Ray and is kind of like trying to figure his shit out while he's been under this, obviously he's been indebted to Ray uh, indebted to Harry because of Harry um, taking vengeance for Ken for his wife's death and yeah, Harry, Harry to me is like the bible of the movie almost, he's just so dogmatic and there's no, rhyme or re- there's, no there's no questioning that dogmati- dogmatic approach that he has to his life um, you know, even when he's talking to his kids, you know, it's it's a matter of honor and everything's so so simple for him because he is so he believes so much is in a, in his own virtues. He won't see anyone else's. So it's it's really quite fascinating how the imagery of the movie and everything all comes together, and it's it's so so well written in that sense too. Like it's really everything's meticulously planned in this movie.
1: Absolutely. It, I'm probably doing this wrong, but it is almost like, like, Ray. I don't know. Fine. I'm just gonna call him fines. <laughs> I,
0: almost him, him. I almost started calling him. I always started calling him Voldemort because that's easier. But.
2: Oh
1: my god, we're not doing that. <laughs> I will not. I'll, I'll allow Starship Troopers, but we're not doing. We're not getting super into Harry Potter on this.
2: No.
1: <laughs> I'm sure we will though, but. His character is kind of the chaotic evil. Ray is kind of the chaotic neutral, and um, Ken is kind of the chaotic good. Yeah. I'm again. I'm probably not doing it right, but since their business is killing people, I would say they're all the, in the chaos. Uh, mm. biz- they're all on the chaos line, and is just kind of neutral because he's not really in the ca- killing business, but he has killed, and he doesn't really know. And Ken is a chaotic good because he sees good in life i think and uh finds this character sees just like you said is strictly by the book and strictly like follow a code maybe that's not chaotic evil i don't know but just when you were talking that's what it reminded me of is that they're all on the same line and that i think colin Farrell's actually in between the two of those guys
0: yeah yeah it's interesting how this movie is that you know objectively none of the characters in this movie are you know what? Someone who is a virtuous, like, has you know high moral stand. Well, I don't, I don't even want to say higher moral standards. Warped standards of um, high morality of you know what is good. All these characters, even um, Chloe, who we get to because I know you want to talk about her. Um, Always, <laughs> uh, G- Jimmy. Like she, you know, she's a drug dealer and robs tourists. Um, Jimmy, uh, who's uh, brilliantly played by Jordan Prentice, the uh, the dwarf. Um, Short, <laughs> short arse. Um, he, he's, I guess he's probably the best one of them. I mean, he's he's picking up, you know, prostitutes, but you know, whatever, um, doing some drugs again, whatever, and drinking. So he's probably the only one that's actually not involved in any criminal activity that's at least known on film. Um, the rest, yeah. the, the rest of the characters are all objectively bad people, but they're actually apart from, I, I would say, Harry's just a bad person all all around to me. Um. Yeah, he's been, He is a
1: cunt. He's always been a cunt. Yeah. Just how it
0: is. <laughs> Maybe gonna have some cunt more cunt kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't talk about my fucking cunt kids. Or I, it's not the quote, but it's something like that. Apologize for saying that about my cunt kids. Take that bit. Take that fucking back about my
0: cunt kids. There you go. <laughs> That's going overboard, mate. <laughs> He goes. He goes. He he goes. Goes for it when he's in all those moments where he's yelling and looking angry. He's a, a great a movie full of many great performances. Well, it's a, it's a very small movie as far as cast, but they, they all they all hit it out of the park as far as the yeah. Form it's form. very
1: play like in that sense. Like you couldn't do it as a play because there is so much going on. But you know, it's not a wide cast. It's not a wide net of characters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is does show that he does have that playwriting background, and he he understands language and and the beats of how the the way the, the way the lines are delivered and, and spoken, and there's a there's a pacing to the movie that's really good. Um, Very quippy. Yeah, yeah. It's not
1: the app. I think it's no, uh, it's quippy. I don't. Know, what is he, what is even happening anymore?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: twenty twenty has thrown so many new things at us that like beyond pandemics and 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 fight fighting for equality ridiculously still in 2020 that we have quibi and tiktok and all these other fucking things we have to figure our heads out and so
1: you know um, one good thing about 2020 that reminds us that life will sustain is that tottenham is absolutely absolutely middle of the table shit yeah so
0: they're they're in purgatory as a... <laughs> they're in
1: purgatory and they're stupid white kits
0: <laughs> what is that is, is that the in-betweeny one where you're not that you're not good and you're not bad like like tottenham <laughs> like tottenham uh, it is it is one of the wonderful things about um the unique things about being a football fan. how many times you see uh, Tottenham randomly brought up in movies to just explain abject mediocrity yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: it's like how are we going to let the English audience know that we mean there it's just absolutely nothing there, not bad, not good, but just nothing there, Spurs. <laughs> Tottenham it's Aspers. nice. <laughs> <laughs> now Ted Lasso is going to become a trope on this. Yeah. as Well.
0: It's yeah. Like... We got to have a we got to have a things you know the thing <laughs> people, the pe the thing that people do the Peter Griffin moment when they're listening to the podcast and go, hey, they do, it, they do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, I would say we're doing better than a lot of other movie podcasts, at least famous ones, because I think The Ringer, which is now just. Just digging a hole for itself that I don't know if it's gonna be able to climb out of. But they did the latest rewatchful They did was like St. Elmo's Fire. It's like, oh, so you're just really kowtowing to Simmons now? Because that's not a good film. <laughs> <thing. laughs> like, who gives a fuck? Like, oh man.
0: Yeah. Yikes.
1: I mean, I'm sure we'll do bad films at some point on this, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Someone argue we already have, but <laughs> maybe Wolf Creek. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was no, it was like it. it was good.
0: <laughs> it was
1: good. Great cost <laughs> in, uh, in that one. I was
0: literally like at work and we're watching like because we had to stay a bit later tonight because we had like the one of the main the TV stations in Adelaide do a. I saw that they did a live weather. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Was that my brother's Snapchats?
1: Uh, I saw
0: it on the Graham. Oh, okay. Oh, the the I woke land. up to it. The bowling Graham. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um. So we were there a lot later tonight because obviously we close at six, but their weather crosses they do like three different ones from like do one at like twenty past five, another one at quarter past six, another one. So we I, I, we had to stay there longer. Uh. So I was still there. Just I was having a beer and he- just closing up and. Uh, home and away, which is a long running thirty, forty year kind of soap opera weeknight right. Australian one. Um I think you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, kesty Morassi from Wolf Creek. Um I'm trying to remember Yeah, her. that's why <laughs> Yeah. So i just look up and she's just up there on the screen and like it's you know a new episode I was just like, oh it's good to see she's doing well after being shot in the back by Mick Taylor, you know? <laughs> 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 the glow up, you know. Um Is that the one Margot Robbie was on? Uh I think she might have been neighbours, which is there's two main Australian yeah, ones. There's, there's yeah, neighbours and home and away. They're both um Home and Away was Chris Hemsworth. Um okay. half the Hemsworth. Actually it might be all the Hemsworths, so I can't remember. <laughs> um yeah, neighbours Margot Robbie and a few others. Uh the 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 girl from Hall Pass, the Aussie was in Neighbours as well. Um
1: Oh I like her. <laughs> <laughs> Hall Pass, underrated head lasso is not it <laughs> yeah I mean it's does, a <laughs> does this
0: rag smell like chloroform to you <laughs> <laughs> that movie,
1: I had like a love affair with that movie one summer it was always on HBO or some channel and I watched it like all the time
0: yeah <laughs> Just... how much does a polar bear weigh enough to break the ice <laughs> I'm holding up my hand to shake to shake it. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, this is like yeah, yeah. Pints of popcorn. We go from go from in Bruges to Hall Pass in two straight minutes, which is yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Watch a lot of movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen some shit. Um, yeah, the, the back to in Bruges. I the moral the more like I love movies that make me. Think I mean, this movie is unique, and the the it's incredibly funny, so often oh, yeah. in the film. And it is like you'll, it's not like, but there you do like I, I've watched this movie a bunch, and I still just laugh sometimes. And it's like, and it's such great witty writing that none of it, it's all, everything so everything they're saying and doing is so important to the film and to the characters and who they are, and it's never absurd black comedy. It's just, it's just funny and even you know even when they're you know obviously the scene when they um on coke and getting (laughs) drunk and high and whatever else is uh you know it's it's always funny to see someone you know but colin farrell's is delivering those lines like you know the the four grams in me four grams on me one gram in me heart's gone like the clappers so if i fall over like you know yeah (laughs) it's just like it's just natural like i can imagine that's how you he he kind of talks pretty quickly throughout the film anyway because of his high anxiety and depression and everything he's yeah. going through in the film, um, but it's just he again. definitely
1: takes it up a notch in that scene and definitely is like that. And Ken's reaction to it immediately is is just great. It's just like, "Well, give us a gram then, yeah, <laughs> right away." <laughs> it's like I thought you didn't want to do cocaine because it makes you
2: depressed. <laughs> <It's> like,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah that's what i again i think that's my favorite scene in the movie just every single interaction
0: yeah you you (laughs) love you love the deleted scene that i sent you as well which um the second side i
1: think it should have made it i love two of the deleted scenes that you sent me the other ones were good as well but the two that really stand out is when ray's nervous for his date yeah (laughs) and he's just crushing beers and (laughs) talking about being nervous and then obviously the one that you're talking about here when yeah. they come back from the party. Yeah. <laughs> and after he karate chops the dwarf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of... I highly recommend if you have the disc, a disc that has um, the deleted scenes on them, um, you know, whether it's a second sight one or otherwise, they're uh, they're really good and show how... How well written the film was, I think, as well. Um, cause that, How thought out it was. Yeah, because like, all these conversations were so, so great and there's meaning towards them. I think what, because a lot of these conversations in the deleted scenes have a specific, um, explicit mention of what Ray had done. It, it, and they it says that they say explicitly, you know, I shot a kid in the head or I killed a kid. Is that one where they're having the beers? Then they go like, I, 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 the snapshot ended at a minute, and I just didn't, I forgot to send the rest. But it, it keeps going into a more of a conversation about the killing of the kid, and it's, uh, it's very much a deep conversation about it. And I, and to me, and it does, they do mention it briefly in those, in their, their coked, coked mind, wake up, <laughs> laying in bed, you know, <laughs> conversation right. at the party, and it comes up again there. I, I believe. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they had, uh a studio directive possibly to be um in within 2 hours and Probably. possibly and possibly sh- you know just a bit shorter and just and and creatively i can imagine i i can see why all these scenes are as good as they were the film wasn't changing by putting them in there you weren't right. changing the na- you weren't changing the end goal the narrative um and kind of the it's not that anything is ever ambi- ambiguous in this movie it, obviously besides the end of the film, which is deliberate. Um, but the rest, you do you do get what's going on throughout the film. So it, it, the pacing of the film, I think it's, it's really like, I love all those deleted scenes. It's actually one of the really most fun times I've had watching deleted scenes in a long time because, again, such a well-written film, great script. Um, these deleted scenes are, you know, you sometimes watch deleted scenes and they're really... The, the production value in them. That they haven't done anything with them since. But the, on this on this disc, they've like they they look. You know, they're at blue. They're not at Blu-ray. They're at DVD quality at least. So they're st- good to watch. And they they look like they could just be thrown into the film basically. Um, so some of the best deleted scenes that have some really great writing and acting and whatnot in them that I've seen. But at, at the same time, I, I don't think I know. You said you'd love to see that one in after the party. Um, well i can't yeah. I, there's none of I,
1: both the ones that i mentioned I yeah think made it, but
0: yeah the nervous i would have just like good.
1: lessened the gunfight scene i know it's a big part i know it's the like finale and everything but like you know less running about maybe yeah i guess i a, do like the banter more than like the action of the film
0: yeah i guess there wasn't too much like there's he there's the run back to the hotel which is, I think you need that to add that little bit of dang, the danger to the moment. Um, well, it's the
1: only way Fines would know where Ray was when he yeah. like loses him, is go back to the hotel. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, and then um, even the moment um, when he jumps under the barge and kind of challenges him to make the shot, which... Um, yeah, I, what the hell, I,
1: Colin Farrell? Ray, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Like just get next to the driver, yeah, it's I would have dark. just,
0: yeah, and it could have been a little bit of you know again, it's, you speak from a, mo- a a safe position, I can't imagine what looking up and seeing someone with a gun face that you would look... because would you just, exactly you'd, yeah. you'd just be frozen in fear, but then he does say he's not gonna make it like you're kind of you frozen, can't. yeah, um, yeah,
1: too far from there,
0: but but with someone with a you know with a pretty pretty handy with weapons, I would assume with his with his reputation and. Um, would be pretty confident at least you know even if it's not a a, you know it's obviously not a kill shot but it's a shot that's going to hit um
1: that also goes back to that mortality and um, guilt that you were kind of talking about that Colin Farrell's kind of like I deserve this so I'm going to give this guy a fair shot at me
0: and that's what I was yeah I was actually going to get into is um you know the the idea of of chance and justice I guess like And and in Colin Farrell, Ray does go into it uh, when he's um, being picked up um, after he's been shot. Uh, At the end of the film, when his voiceover is coming through again, saying, I I decided if I survive this, I'm going to go find the mother of that boy and let her expend justice however she sees fit. Um, Very
1: much like a soliloquy in a play. Yeah. right. The start and the finish.
0: Yeah. Just just done in such witty... um, you know, quippy ways, you know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, whatever she wants to do to me, because, you know, whether it be, you know, kill me or put me in prison, at least I'm not in fucking Bil- being bruised, like, because it's such a... Yeah, he's yeah, just like...
2: But
1: then maybe that's what hell is. Yeah. But... I wonder if he... I, I mean, it's such an ambiguous ending. I mean, who knows if he even survived. He. I mean, he got shot, like, four times with dum-dums, like, in the stomach that are designed to blow up heads. So, I can't imagine what they do to internal organs. Mm. But I also wonder, like, if he actually survived since, like, he has Chloe, you know. Yeah. Chloe, dear sweet Chloe. Drug dealer <laughs> Chloe. <laughs> like what he actually will do because it does seem like by the end of that speech he is kind of wavering but we can get into that like after the break since it's close it's the ending of it yeah yeah we can or we can get into it now it Doesn't
0: matter. i guess we can because then we can get into some performances and um some other things after the break but yeah it's it's fun talking about the um kind of the meaning behind the story and whatnot but yeah i, I there's one guy who had a really good he um there's a YouTube video I watched on the movie, um, and I'll have to put it in the show notes because I can't remember the name of it, but I will give it the credit. But he, um, he kind of picks up on a few things about um, some of the, the sim, sim, like just the writing, and uh, he, what he, his last line. I really, really hoped I wouldn't die. It's like, yeah, hope, hoped is a past tense thing. So is he? Is this kind of the spirit of Ray saying it? But then wouldn't is a? It's like hoped and wouldn't grammatically don't work together because hoped is past tense wouldn't is you know a future tense thing so it's kind of like right but you can i i you know obviously that was a deliberately written line like martin mcdonald's far too smart to not have written that deliberately that way so it's really interesting because that even that the delivery of that line and it's not something i would ever thought of when because i just i just hear i really hope I, w- I don't die it's kind of how it transforms into my mind because i'm just sitting there going, like every time i watch it i'm just like Fuck! I hope he doesn't die now because you know Chloe's been well, Chloe's been like you know you've seen her right. just devastated crying over him. They've only known each other a couple of nights and there's this blossoming romance and and I'm a romantic yeah. soul in that sense and like I lo- like when we'll get into Chloe uh, Chloe a bit after the break too because I'm sure you want to dedicate more time to her so <laughs> we'll do that after the break exactly. But, but yeah, the um, yeah the 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 sinner like it's there's a so, so many themes going on And I, the other thing that this guy brought up in this video that i really wanted to bring up to you because i thought it was unreal that i I'd the kid that he um ray shoots um in the in the in the, in the pre and the priest is uh uh sirian hines who's a, a quite a big irish actor as well so like a bit part in the movie but yeah uh, quite i didn't
1: double check to make sure it wasn't um uh God damn it! Continue.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. yeah, he uh, the the note that the kids because Alan kid, Rickman. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, they're not they're not they're not dissimilar. Similar, and they but they they were both in Harry Potter as well. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> um but the note that the kids write, like, it's he's holding a note that's got his sins written on there. And the three, sin, right. the three sins are um, being sad, being moody, and <laughs> being ma- bad at maths. And this guy brings up a really... I relate. Well, the three things that... Well, the two things that Ray is being in Bruges is moody and sad. Yeah. And the bad at maths thing, the guy said, was he was meant to only kill one person but he kills two in that scene it's like those three sins match it's like yeah god damn it i love good writing fuck
1: yeah (laughs) also later ray says um to like be a doctor you have to take exams and that would be like not being good at math yeah so
0: (laughs) yeah and again you You have to take exams (laughs)
1: i that's i don't even know what accent that was but wasn't Irish <laughs> I, think,
0: I think that was just y- fucking you at the bar when you were drunk at in college just being like, well, "Yeah, c- gotta take exams <laughs> gotta
1: take exams <laughs> sucks. what am I gonna be a doctor?
2: you gotta take exams, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, the um I love the fact that you have a movie like this that you've fall in love with characters that are flaws flaws in humanity is kind of like is reality obviously um you know y- you and i talk about this a lot in different films we talk about with characters that aren't exactly um you know aren't Dis- disney princes and princesses or whatever you know their their complexity in humans is what makes us real and this movie is one of those ones that better than any i think um i think it's part of the reason i still go back to it as one of my more rewatchable films of Films that, you know, on, on the surface you wouldn't think, like in Bruges being a, you know, a slower pace kind of... Well, it's, it's actually quite quick and witty, but the the pace of the film is deliberately slow at the start and kind of builds as it g- it's going and, you know, kind of brings you into Bruges. It's kind of got a midsummer summer obviously, shorter film and completely different theme, but the way it uses its setting to... Uh, and I'm, I'll get into Bruges as a character after the break as well, but the, the whole setting and everything... Um, lulls you into it and then obviously the themes of um you know morality and 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 your and guilt and how you're meant to reconcile with yourself and forgive yourself and the the capacity to change as as ken says the boy has the capacity to change and some of us have to recognize that in people and, and ourselves as well you know um the moments we're living through in the world at the moment is a lot of people having to work out you know maybe I haven't been good enough as w- in what I'm doing and maybe I can be better. And I do have the capacity to change because that's what is wonderful about being a human is that we all have the capacity to change ourselves quite fundamentally, to be honest, like I I feel I've gone through some plenty of, you know, who I was 10 years ago is completely different to who I am now. And I, you know, I'm still flawed, but I, I think I've, you know, and that's what, you know, Harry sees the world in very, in a very black and white veil and won't, yeah. you know, if you, if you kill a kid, even if it's accidental, he's, it's unforgivable, and you should be should be killed for it. Whereas, you know, um, you know, Ken Ken sees that the the guilt is there, and that if you can guide this troubled soul through it, which is what Ray is, he's r- incredibly troubled by this, and 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 his attitude in Bruges, the way he's acting in Bruges, is actually not because he's mad at he's not. I th- you know if if he was if he'd been five years married to chloe or someone whoever and then gone to bruges for a holiday he would have had a completely different experience his whole attitude in bruges and how he's hating the city is him his at adi- his his guilt and his depression and his and everything that's going on in his troubled mind about what's happened is him is he's ex- you know he's obviously taking that out in the city and the experience and you know that's what's brilliant about the film too is all this stuff is you know, on the surface, if you watch the film, it's just like, oh, he's just mad that he's there, and then suddenly all this stuff happens with him being a hitman. But it's actually all just, um, it's all mental health stuff that's going on in the early parts of the film. When you think it's just funny, you know, and just it is obviously funny. Um, his lines and all the banter that him and Ken have as they're arguing about seeing the city, because then he does actually start enjoying the city in a weird way when he goes when. Well, they once go... he meets Chloe. Yeah, no, but Wait. even before that, I was about to say is that when they go when he when he just. When he's just looking for an excuse to get out of the hotel and he says, let's go look at the old buildings and stuff at night because I bet they look better. But he just wants to yeah. just walk around with <laughs> beers in his pockets and drink. Yeah. And he's actually kind of kind of enjoying it. He's like, well, they've got funny names, don't they? And just, even if he's enjoying it in his own way and then he runs off, cause yeah. they're filming midgets. But, yeah. <laughs> Um. you know, he does start kind of seeing the city's beauty a little bit in those moments, I think. And it's just, you know, it's obvious that he's just going through something that, yeah, it's not something none of us would ever want to go through. Not that we're, it's a unique thing because he's a hitman. Well, he's tried to be a hitman and not tried
1: started. to be, and it went terribly.
0: Yeah, but yeah, you know, it's just amazing writing and a uh, uh, great, you know, you, it's not known as it's, but it's great. Look when you're looking at it from a mental health perspective, it's a great movie as far as how it shows how how things manifest in yourself too, because you he looks he's he's just up and down the entire movie and that's what it is when you're going through a troubled time is that you will be hyper hyper happy and real and and excited about things and then be um completely down in the down in the dumps for manic <laughs> depressive yeah yeah and that's what it is to go through something so traumatic like that and be trying to reconcile with it while you're trying to live life at the same time it's um difficult isn't
2: there
1: a deleted scene as well that says that the priest that Ray killed wasn't like really guilty of anything other than wanting right. to vote against.
0: Yeah, him. it was. Um, that's the one that was in. Uh, that was the same scene as when they're laying in bed afterwards. Is um. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's um.
1: So it's like, what's the difference, Harry? If you're killing an innocent priest yeah. and a child, you know, and it really comes down to it, they're both innocent. Well, oh, that's it. To-
0: that's it. And you know, you can get <laughs> don't get don't get my cynical mind about the about that, that, um. You know, I I said Harry's uh, Harry's the Bible of the movie, and I guess that works for that too. Is that um, you know, if it w- if it works for the works for the Bible slash Harry, then you know you can justify it. But if it doesn't work for it, then and even if it's the same thing, but it doesn't work in the the values of that system, then it's then it's obviously suddenly illegal um in that value system. And yeah, yeah, the the deleted scene was um, Colin Farrell's like trying to he's just talking about why. Harry wanted the priest killed, and he said, "I guess it's some pedophile thing because he's got a, you know, Harry's got a thing about, you know, not hurting kids." And and Ken says, "No, it has nothing to do with that. Um, The the church is on one of the area that Harry owns and wants for a housing development, and the priest was in the action committee against it. He was actually a really good guy. Yeah, it's like
1: that's dirty. That's so dirty politics.
0: Dark too, because it's probably the one thing that you could uh, try and bring." Ray back from the brink, about and you know, maybe that's why he did go and try and kill himself the next day because he's like, This was this entire thing was fucked. But, um, also, you know, being hung over from substance uh, <laughs> the night before can send your mind into a deep, even deeper pit. But, um, yeah, it was no serotonin
1: left, yeah, or dopamine, whatever you want to call it. Yeah,
0: no, there's a lot of great deleted scenes that do do flesh it out a lot more but i think the movie's pacing and how it works um, was was pretty spot on for me
1: absolutely sorry i was thinking about something <laughs> <laughs> that i can't say on here.
0: that's all good um we're just about to hit 50 minutes so i reckon it'll be about time for a break and then we'll come back and have a chat about some of the the, uh, the roles and some of it um i know shay has got one particular one in mind that was one of his favourites of the film, um, and I tend to agree. So, but uh, and then yeah, I've got some other fun, well, just I just enjoyable parts of the film. So yeah, we'll uh, take a break and uh, be right back in Bruges, fucking Bruges. <laughs> Bruges. The capacity
2: to do something decent with it's life. Excuse me, Ken. I have the capacity to change. Yeah, you do. You have the capacity to get fucking worse. Oh, yeah, now I'm getting down to it. Harry, let's face it. And and I've been funny. I mean, no disrespect. But you're a cunt. You're a cunt now. You've always been a cunt. And the only thing that's gonna change is you're gonna become an even bigger cunt. Maybe you have some more cunt kids. Leave my kids fucking out of there. What have they done? You fucking retract that bit about my cunt fucking kids. I retract that bit about your cunt fucking kids. Insulting my fucking kids? That's going overboard, mate. I retracted it, didn't I? you I fucking
0: got that. ah we're back. In this shithole that is Bruges.
1: <coughs> in this shithole that is Wallingford. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Brossa Valley for me. Also a tourist destination. Also a, a place I refer to as a shithole often. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I somehow found the one conservative enclave in an ex- extremely liberal state, so... That's just my look.
0: You know how to pick him, Shay.
1: I relate to Ray a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Need to find my Chloe. Though I don't think I could blind somebody with a blank. I would definitely just give that guy all my money. <laughs> I would. Compl- I would complain the whole time about Chloe. I knew. I knew you would never shag me normally, and <laughs> then give him my money and leave rather than steal the gun and shoot him in the face.
0: So. Uh. <laughs> Since <laughs> when did skinheads all become a bunch of fucking bum boys? <laughs> <laughs>
1: used to be a <laughs> <your> skinhead used to <laughs> beat up twelve-year-old Pakistanis.
0: <laughs> Again, Ray's just honest, no filter. Dialogue is um.
1: Ray, Ray I think Ray was like the inspiration for Billy and Seven Psychopaths. I really do. Yeah. Except all... his drinking carries over to Colin Farrell. Yeah, Dude, I can't remember his name in that Billy, right? Billy. No, Billy is Sam
0: Rockwell. Yeah, Billy is. We, I think we've done this before, where we've been we, like, "What yeah. is the name of the guy?" And it's have we we do haven't done seven times. No, yet. we haven't. But it's just come up and like, <laughs> and now I'm Marty and movie, G- yeah, <laughs> um, Marty. It ends with
1: Marty and Billy. Yeah, God, Too wise. I don't yeah. like that writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely kind of like a motif to how the writer writes his characters, yeah. At well, least, and right. I think that's a lot of himself in those characters, yeah. And well, it's like he false and vices. Inv-
0: I think he likes exploring, um, he, he he's a real explorer of character, which is obvious through his movies, like you know, different, you know, and and again, we talked about in the first half flaws and uh, flaws and. And what makes people tick and what makes them, you know, push through, uh, complex, flawed human emotions, you know, you know, Marty and Seven Psychopaths, you know, alcoholism and is, is, you know, stunting his creativity and, and his, and his relationships as well. Um, and, and he's kind of making excuses for it, I guess at times. And, and yeah, in this movie it's, um, obviously <laughs> Califaro's character again in this one. And Ray is, uh, drinking, but it's more as a, as a cover for, uh, He's 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 trying to self medicate really. So Yeah, um, anxiety. Yeah, you know, you're already, depression, all yeah. of it. Um Yeah. Uh I guess a bit more on the performances. I I, I was I was saying off air as we were looking up some things about the movie. Um Truly Believe Colin Farrell and it, i I'd actually I'd actually forgotten about the fact that he was nominated and won the Golden Globe for best actor for this film. Which usually if you at the point of winning a Golden Globe for a film, then you're, you know, Golden Globe's one of the big, b- big run-in kind of awards to the Academy Awards, and you would have thought someone who's winning the Golden Globe is going to be at least nominated, but he wasn't even nominated for the Academy Award, which I find uh, somewhat of a travesty. Because I think, you know, Colin Farrell's had a really interesting career. He was like a bit of a a bad boy, playboy kind of earlier in his career with his, not his roles, but then his his uh, reputation as just a, as a, you know just a young young um actor in hollywood um you know on the on the scene the party scene and whatnot but this was a real maturity stamping role as far as his acting prowess and uh, he was just brilliant his every look every twitch of his face every you know dart of the eyes is just so measured and and perfect and and I say measured and perfect in the fact it's so well acted, but then in the moment obviously the, the, obviously this is acting. so you know i'm I'm kind of being redundant in saying it, but it, it's so natural in the film and looks real and, and and is he he is Ray in this movie and that's um for such a big actor to do a role like that after his early career, you know he was he was fucking Alexander the Great and Oliver Stone's you know somewhat failed attempted an epic um say hey, this is a
1: much better role than that
0: yeah but it's just like this is the kind of this is where he was and then he kind of you know this is the start of like a, a second half i guess for him two halves How <laughs> God, I many goddamn time um um but yeah it's just such a such a one of my favorite perform. i i go back to it a lot as just one of my favorite performances of all time for me just because it's it's so beautiful in its subtlety um and it's and it and it's, and great, it's over cra- the top craziness at times, obviously, with the, the, the drug scenes we've talked about at length in the previous half. But
2: the
1: that's my favorite. again, I've said it over and over again. Favorite part of the movie, those yeah. scenes back to back. Um, yeah, just a really amazing performance. And then him and uh, Ken have a really great rapport together. Those two characters, you can yeah. see that, yeah. um. Ken really looks at him kind of like a, a son almost. Um, I, I don't... It's not specific how old they're both supposed to be in this. But he does call him Kid repeatedly in yeah. it to uh, find. So I think he looks at him like he's trying to write the sins that maybe he may have committed. Because we don't know how why Ken's wife was killed
0: but yeah the, deleted, the deleted scene that i saw was like it didn't look like the most it almost looked like i don't know there's another girl in underwear in the room when the it was i i wasn't going to i just didn't have time to look into what that deleted scene the was the behind background of that was but yeah um regardless of that yeah ken and the the relation it, it's interesting cuz at the start of the film you, you really you get a sense that their relationship is kind of they're work buddies that have met each other and been thrown into the situation just because of, you know, their connection to Harry more than anything, but then, you know, they grow to, they grow to, you know, they never say it, but they grow to love each other throughout the film, um, a respect, um, cause they're different, they're different views on life kind of, they, they teach each other, teach each other something a little bit, um, you know, I don't know if <laughs> even at the end of the film, Ray's still bitching about Bruges, but um <laughs> he kind of he does it in a more happy kind of like you know like oh back in Bruges again but he's he's ha- he's he's happily sitting under that in under that tower with chloe um having a beer and 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 having a laugh with um uh jeremy the dwarf um as jimmy for, jimmy is it actor jimmy <laughs> no, jimmy anyway jimmy yeah um and they even kind of try to wave to the um the uh the skin the skinhead thumb boy whatever he's talking to calling him, um with the patch and they kind of try to wave him over for a you know a, 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 we're sorry kind of yeah you know, come over and have a beer and um so there's like this moment of like yeah that he's instead
1: y- he fucks me. he's the real bad guy in the whole film I think he's the skinhead oh yeah he's the he's the because
0: one he's the one actually I I mean again Harry's a piece of shit um but right yeah. but
1: Harry has like a code and he straight up calls him out for the skinhead out it's like oh it sounds like it's completely your fault that yeah. you're blind <laughs> like <laughs> i mean let's call it what it is you yeah. know like why are you mad about this and the, and he's and you know the skinhead's mad about chloe not yeah. about well i mean obviously being blind and eye would suck but
0: yeah and it's a, it's another thing like he's it, like a you know piece of shit male that can't like you know, turning up in the apartment of someone that you're not dating anymore and being like, oh, you, you want to fuck someone else's girlfriend? And, like, she's just like, we're not together. And it's just like, and he's still, like, it's like, a, a right, self-righteousness about it that's completely misplaced and, um, obviously... Right. Yeah.
1: And Chloe says she needs to use the phone, and I think that's to call him and tell him, like, don't do this. Like, yeah. don't do what you usually do. Yeah. So, I don't know, Chloe... Anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Chloe. Um, um, again, another great performance from uh, Clements Posey. Um, uh, famously Fleur de la Cleur in the uh, Harry Potter movies. <laughs> she just hates me so much right now. It's Moving just, on. It's, it's nuts to me that there's so many factors in this movie that have big roles in Harry Potter movies. Um, I was going to make a point that her... Uh, the character Fleur in the Harry Potter books and film is famously from a school that is famous for having very beautiful girls there. So it's like, uh, yeah, so she did plays you play a, a,
1: just a school age person in it.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Really? I yeah. mean, she has a young look to her, but yeah. Is that the Goblet of Fire? when she Yes, she is it? in that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's the last one I read.
0: Yeah. So she's that she's that school. 20 years ago. Yeah.
1: Read it. Twenty years ago. <laughs> Good God! Where does the time go?
0: Uh, into a into a can of white claw and down the One game.
1: One gay year for me. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I'll keep. I'm quoting the
1: movie. <laughs> cancelled, fired, cancelled.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she, she or, plays the she plays that role. Um, incredibly perfectly uh she the right amount of um i mean the way she does the like when they first meet and she throws the card behind and he's he's just like so 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 cool i think it's just (laughs) so fucking cool or or does he just say so cool i can't remember but yeah it was so fucking cool i
2: i
1: think every male who saw the film and this is perfect direction and probably it was written this way too as well but in the pause between her dropping the card and Farrell picking it up, I think every man watching it goes, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says it, and it makes you laugh out loud because it's like, oh, it's just a great bit of filmmaking because mm-hmm. like, that would be so cool. I also want to like model my quote-unquote game, which doesn't exist anymore. And never really did, honestly. But uh, <laughs> after Ray and this where he's like, My name's Ray, what is your name? Like I love that like direct like that direct nature. Like I would uh it's like why dance around it?
0: Yeah, and then if you need to Because
1: life's not a movie and if you say that in real life I'll be like, Oh god, this guy's high on cocaine or something <laughs> Like
0: Heart's going like, left clappers.
1: My name is Shay, what is your name? And they'd be like, What the fuck? <laughs> Most <laughs> American American women are different than Belgian women and European women. And I was going to bring up a specific moment from Chloe, um, where I have never been to Europe. Obviously, um, if it can't if you can't tell by just my demeanor and <laughs> in life, but <laughs> I want to go. But
0: it's a um, wonderful place to drink Belgian from beer.
1: like interviews. <laughs> I don't really like Belgian beer, but that's a whole different story. I'm sure I'd drink a bunch of it if I was over there. Um, I'm sure they have white claws as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's this scene in the restaurant. I wanted to get to the restaurant scene, so yes, it's good. Fucking Canadian. but
0: <laughs> You hate the Canadian.
1: <laughs> but there's, like, her sense of humor in that scene, and just, like, her demeanor. Speaking of demeanor, is like, you don't see that in like American women, and mm. I've only I've seen it in like European films mainly, or European interviews with women, or just European actresses in interviews over here. It's just this like cheeky nature mm. of it. She's like one of those girls that was murdered was my friend, and she just sits back and lets- and she has
0: this really good little smirk. Like it's like she's it's that thing just before a smirk where she's like her face is serious her face is serious and and raised not pick and Ray, that's that's what happens when someone says a joke like that to you if you're the recipient of something that's he feels so fucking bad yeah <laughs> and he yeah. so he's not going to see that her face is like right before a smirk cuz she's you can tell straight away that her face is like yeah I'm kidding but it's just serious enough that and he's feeling so bad already he sells he's, it he's not going to notice it and yeah and she and then that little hang she gives it's like a good 5 10 seconds there where Exactly. It's like the joke the the serious thing that she said that's actually a joke. And she and she then she just kinda of like lets the smoke lift and goes That that I didn't have a friend of mine killed, but that you really felt bad or something like that. And yeah. Right.
1: And like an American girl would do that for it and then let a second pass and then go, JK L O L uh I got you so good. Uh, you're so available. <laughs> oh my god, U V blue, please. and chloe just goes like i could have said like i shouldn't have said uv blue that's like high school shit i should i could have said like white cloth it would have been funnier but uh, jk lol another white cop he but she just like she just holds back and just goes and just tells tells him straight the truth like Mm. One one of my friends wasn't one of the kids that was, mur- yeah. or one of the girls that was murdered, and it's like, oh, I like that so much more than like my stupid culture that I'm from. <laughs> and you're we like, need, uh, to start. we need to like, Love it start. or leave it. Well, pay for my ticket, bitch. <laughs> bitch in the uh, prerogative uh, sense, non-gendered.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, she and then um, I love their conversations uh, right from the start as well. But uh, at the at the restaurant when they're just talking about the, what they do and it's just so openly brutally honest, and it's like it opens up their relationship so much already that they're like, and you kind of get the sense that they're not exactly sure whether to believe the other one, but they they're also not given a reason not to, so they're just like, I guess that's what that is what they're doing, and it's okay, like who cares? And again, and an, an, it presents
1: it. Yeah, you know, kind of ambiguously because he says he kills priests and children, which would be a joke that you would say on a date. Yeah. It's like after you say you kill people, it's like, oh, I kill because those are perceived innocent people. Mm. But he actually, those are the only people he's killed.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it's such a good retort. like, "Is there money in that?" Well, you know, not the kids, but the priests <laughs> or whatever he said. <laughs>
0: And he does. this <laughs> another moment where it kind of shows that the guilt's there. Is like she says something, and he get, does this kind of awkward chuckle um, as he's swallowing his beer, and then they could move on to something. Wine. 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 That's right. Yeah, he chugs a bit more of his. He just. Uh, he chugs
1: wine like I did when I was stuck in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I can tell you, your digestive tract is not like that, but sometimes <laughs> you get it. Like for your mental state.
0: Yeah. <laughs> As, as Ray needed it for his mental state, um, being reminded of... What-
1: he drinks like a nervous man, and it's, again, a really well Yeah, he has, romance. yeah,
0: everything, every, every time he reaches for a glass, it's not like a casual, I'm at the bar having beers, with, it's like, I need this, as a, it's a medication rather than a... Um, and it's the same with Ken, when, yeah.
1: I mean, four beers in 20 minutes, pretty impressive, but... Um,
0: four beers in also, 20 like, minutes, I- it's not a problem.
1: I think it really speaks to Colin Farrell's performance in this film that he really plays off Chloe, like, perfectly. Those two play off each other. Mm-hmm. And obviously, she she does a great job, too. But Colin Farrell plays... Ray plays off of Jimmy incredibly well. And I think the him and Ken have a bromance that is even better than the nice guy's bromance, which you and I have talked about mm-hmm. on... I don't know if bromance... I, Gen Z is probably not saying bromance. It's probably... Probably get canceled for saying that or something but like they have like a really good rapport yeah together like they put pl- those two actors play off with each other really well
0: yeah yeah and there's and i guess you could say the stakes in this movie are a bit higher so th- that makes the bromance a little bit more real is that they they? they that's make-
1: the problem with the nice guys it's like i don't like i hardly care about this shit like that they're like trying to do
0: yeah i, I guess i care I, I enjoyed the writing and the story and
1: at the end of the day they're chasing down a film canister yeah i mean there is danger to it and everything and it's and it's really funny it's like an american version of in bruges i think and i think i mean that goes a long way but nothing it's not as witty just like america's not as witty as europe like that's just (laughs) how it goes like we're the dumbed down version of it for mass consumption but um yeah, there are extremely high stakes, and the first time you watch this film, you really have no idea what's. You just assume Ray is going to die.
0: Yeah. Um. I guess. Well, I was. I was going to jump ahead to that, but I was just going <laughs> to say one. Yeah, thing. we didn't jump ahead to it. No, I was just going to say didn't one, go somewhere else. Well, no, I was just going to say one thing. The the fight scene in the in the restaurant is one of the funniest moments in. Just everything that happens there is just yeah. I there's a line
1: in it that uh. Yeah, it's undefeated.
0: Uh, which one?
1: <laughs> uh, is it the Vietnamese one? <laughs> it makes no sense. Su- it's like, what? The Canadian is right to say that.
0: Yeah, well, I guess it, it's just like that. And that's that shows like Ray's kind of his insular kind of like he, he has certain like, and that's what all cultures have is they have certain hit points. Well, he's, a,
1: he's an idiot. He's aloof. <laughs> he's like... Naive, I guess.
0: Also, the Canadian was a fucking dickhead anyway, though. So,
1: dickhead and seven psychopaths as well. Yeah.
0: If you if you're sitting in the smoking section, then don't. And then and then then she walks away, and then you say something. You're just being a piece of shit. So he deserved everything in here coming.
1: I do have to say, upon fifth rewatch of this, the acting from his girlfriend in that scene is atrocious. <laughs> I haven't. I,
0: honestly, it probably haven't.
1: Oh my god! Just focus on her during that entire. Scene. I it I probably so need to wild.
0: then. Yeah. But, but it's like
1: obviously not. I mean, that's through rewatching and rewatching it. I was like, I got to check out what else is going on. Yeah. Especially when he said blow and smoke, you can see the smoke right in his face. But to get to all the way to her, it's quite a it's quite yeah. a ways away. She's just terrible performance.
0: But yeah. The um <laughs> the uh, it's one of my my favorite line from that is like when he, I mean the the he kind of has that moment where he's sitting there and he's just like, do I say something? Do I say something? Do I say something? Do I say something? And he says, "What's fucking unbelievable?" And he's like, and the guy's like, "What?" And then he's, just, and under his breath, he pauses, even though he should knows he should just, yeah, hit the <laughs> cunt, and says, "What's fucking unbelievable?" And he's just like, "Yeah," and he just, yeah, when he starts going into, "Oh, is that what the Vietnamese thought then?" And he's like, "Yeah," what the Vietnamese? And he's like, "The Vietnamese." And he's <laughs>
1: And he just punches him to not explain it because it makes no sense. Yeah, I'm sure it makes sense in some capacity. Oh, and then but... he punches
0: him and he goes, "That's for John Lennon, you Yankee fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just another one. Yeah. 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 Sorry and then, about. And then John when she and then she when she swings the bottle, he's like, "A bottle, <laughs> like, <it's>, a bottle." <laughs> <yeah>. Don't bother. <laughs> just punches it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good fight scene. Yeah,
1: that's how I like my action in dark comedies is like really concise, like really quick.
0: Yeah, and then and then that's why I don't
1: th- like the gun chase scene. I like, I get why they did it and why they made it so long, but you know, just you sending me scenes that, that could have been in the movie if they could have shortened that and just like provided more of the quippy banter.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I just <laughs> like know
0: like how I like when you need a when a movie needs to have. Impactful ending. That was always gonna be action orientated. Even though it's actually not there's not there's not many gunshots. It's like it's real. I think it, it needed to be um if you Ralph
1: Fines to- has to reload his gun. I'm sure it's mm. not Ralph, but I'm American, so and they this film criticizes Americans enough, so <laughs> uh
0: My English brain can't Am- get around Americans, isn't it?
1: How to pronounce his name. Like Rafe. Like you yeah. said. I don't know. I, like Dirk cute. Dirt cute. <laughs> he said he said that when he signed for you lot. He goes, It might be hard for you for uh, I can't do a Dutch accent. <laughs> it might be hard for you English uh to pronounce but it's Dirk. <laughs> it's, like, it's like yeah, we can't pronounce that.
0: Yeah, I think it was Dirk count the entire time. Count. Which is close enough. One of the many kits real, in my collection.
1: Real piece of shit footballer.
0: No, nah, he was a he was a deer, the the so Bunny, and I love him forever.
1: There was just one match at Anfield where I just could not stand him. <laughs> it was the match that Van Persie scored the winner in like added time, not added time, extra whatever. I always get those mixed up. As you saw last week. On the damned United pod. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's like, a, just call it one thing. Soccer. Like added time, extra time, additional time.
0: Well extra extra time is like stoppage time. Yeah, it should be it's either extra time is when it is actually like extra time for like needing needing more goals. Yeah, added added time and stoppage time are the two things that are interchangeable and it should just be one or the other. I say stoppage time more than I think I say added, t- added time because I think stoppage time is actually the better... Stoppage time is better. Well, because it, it is literally time added on for stoppages in the game. So it's stoppage time. Yeah. yeah.
1: It is one of the biggest American critiques of the game as well. This conversation would have been much better on the last podcast, but still. A <laughs> little brief sidebar. It's
0: yeah. Like,
1: like, Americans are just like, why is just like a random amount of time at the end? It's like, well, it is... Kind of random.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then, but then yeah, Americans. Complain. That's why
1: American nature in me is to like kind of go along because it. it's like when you're losing, you're like four fucking minutes, and when you're winning, you're like four fucking minutes. So you're like, yeah, <laughs> <like>, it
0: doesn't. <laughs> Every sport has its quirks.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, I can imagine like anyone you'd have you'd have a baseball fan who doesn't understand stoppage time be like what the, what the fuck's that, and then you'd have a a, a soccer fan or a football fan that just goes what the fuck's a strike zone it just moves like wh- what <laughs> so that's all every every sport has it's has it's quirks that yeah. someone that's coming from the outside looking in I mean it's all it's all just it's actually all just human human aspects of sports which is fun
1: yeah and people don't want the human aspect in it anymore and it fucking sucks yeah we'll save that conversation for a different podcast not even on this channel probably yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, because you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, we we finished off on the restaurant. The- okay, so the ending scene. Um, obviously. Uh. Well, a few things. We'll go back to when Ray is, finally, uh, deciding, thinking about. Well, I think he, I. Th- I There's two questions. Is Ray going to go through with killing himself? Slash, is Ken going to go? I, it's one of those, it's a really great moment in the film where Ken's walking up to shoot him. Obviously on the orders of Harry for, you know, because of the kid. Ken
1: thing. seems the... to snipe into a mindset that where he was going to do it. Yeah. He's, he seemed locked in on it. But who knows? I mean, that's the way of the world, you know, yeah. every little, you know, every occurrence has a reaction.
0: Yeah. So. so do we think that it's just Ray lifting the gun, stopped Ken, and then obviously Ken then goes stop it and it stops Ray? Because I'm trying, I sometimes I go back, and forth. I, I sometimes think both of them would go through with what they were going to do, which means Ray ends up dead either way. Um, but then sometimes I like to think that, you know, Ray would have brought the gun to his head and then had some hesita- hesitating moments. Maybe someone else would have stopped him if he was there on his own. And then if Ray wasn't going to kill himself... But He's Ken, in a dark place. Yeah, but then... It's just so. all, it's just talking about, you know, hypotheticals in a movie. And I, I sometimes I think if Ray hadn't put, brought up the gun and Ken had got the gun right to the back of his head, he would have had a moment of hesitation too because I don't think he wanted to go... Like, he was conflicted uh, about it the entire time. He walked up with yeah. purpose, but it doesn't mean you're going to pull the trigger. So it's interesting. I... I don't know where I stand on it, but I was just wondering if you added any any thoughts of where you think that scene could have alternately gone. Like, if we're talking about if this was a, a, a reality that existed and not just a movie, because obviously it happened the way it did for a reason, but... I think
1: that in that moment that Ken was going to go through with it, but he saw a different side of vulnerability to mm-hmm. Ray, Yeah. and it completely changed. I mean, he's... Ken's a paid killer. Like, yeah. he's... He's killed people. All over. You're you're led to believe he's killed people all over the place, mm-hmm. or like at least a number of people. And in that moment with Ray, I think he felt bad for Ray. He felt. I mean, he loves Ray, but he killed a kid. It's in the code. Yeah. And uh, you know, if he doesn't kill Ray, then he's gonna get killed. Um. And I think at that point he was fine with being a martyr because he saw in Ray like a guilt that he hadn't seen. I mean, he'd obviously seen some guilt in Ray before because, I mean, you know, the scene we already talked about where he we wouldn't be in Bruges if blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, he's seen that side of it and he's seen him drinking to try to get rid of it, but he hasn't seen him literally going to kill himself about yeah. it. You know, that's some pretty insane guilt mm-hmm. and he had given away $200 which is you know they say which, like people who are suicidal start giving away you know important things to people
2: mm-hmm.
1: before yeah they do it so that's a little sign in it um, he gives the 200 to the shop owner or the hotel owner who played magnificently by the lady great yeah. I don't know the actress's name, but really great little part for her, the, um, especially in the shootout scene.
0: The uh, Marie, the um, yeah Marie, yeah uh, Thekla Ruten. Yeah, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but that's her name. Um, yeah. yeah, she was really good. She again, one of the, just the great bit parts of the um, movie is her. Um, she, you know, when when she, when Harry uh, Ken's apologizing earlier in the film um for the language like, <laughs> yeah. he's he's a uh, he's a uh, and she just goes cock cock <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah it's i always forget what...
1: what word she's gonna say because i always think it's cunt yeah she goes cock yeah which is she... even better she's I
0: a cla- she's a classy broad she's a strong classy broad um she even says in um, in the behind the scenes stuff because there's a few interviews with the different actors because it's behind the scenes filmed at the time of the filming and she says that one of her characters her character's favorite scenes for her was actually not even the scene that she was in, but when Ken reads the note and down the bottom it says, "I'm not, I'm not right. the receptionist. I'm the co-owner of this hotel with my husband." Like it just shows the strength of her as a, yeah. as a woman, and it's like uh,
1: fuck this guy, yeah, fuck this cop, yeah. And then when <laughs> Ken's
0: reading the note and he looks in and sees her uh, around the tree, and it just shows this moment of humanity. And it's really interesting. Brendan Gleeson in the interviews on in the on the um behind the scenes says. That him looking, he reads his reading of the character was that he looks at her in that scene and sees kind of where he wants to be and sees this life that's so close to him but isn't available. He loves Bruges, yeah. And and he and he said there's part of part of his character that loves her because he sees something in her that's so pure and it's not like she has a life
1: growing inside of her and he's killed so
0: many people. Yeah, and and she's just so she's happy and content in what she's doing, you know, and she's strong, but she's you know she's not she's a Strong businesswoman. She's not like living in the land of you know fairies and ideals. She's just she just does what she does well and stands by her principles. Um, not like Harry Waters, just good human principles. I believe in fairies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not a, China, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not a cold man. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Waters is a cold man. Uh, Harry Waters doesn't. But believe- that scene, Harry like- Waters doesn't believe in good football. He doesn't believe in beautiful football. Harry Waters believes in. <laughs> it's
1: probably a Spurs fan. Yeah, because <laughs> um, <laughs> he is so. Such he's a from
0: fucking- he's from London.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I like. I just love. I like in the shootout scene, I just love her her part in that. I think it makes that whole shootout scene worth it. Where where yeah. I, as I think there's a lot of wasted minutes in it. I think that part really because she kind of like speaks for the audience in that in that moment where it's like these are two children fighting yeah. with guns who are just like alright on the count of three well who says it then she's just like
0: you guys are you guys so are... fucking stupid oh she says something I don't know if she says fucking
1: crazy. it's not stupid it's like insane it's like yeah. insane you, it's, it's like, like you guys
0: are crazy or something like that yeah
1: yeah you guys are so fucking crazy yeah. I don't know if she says fucking but yeah she's a classy um broad. classy broad but she also doesn't let Harry go up there because she care she randomly is like maternal to both Ray and Ken. Anyway. Yeah, well
0: as she said that morning, she's like he he seemed troubled and like he's giving away all the money he had. So like you've you've mentioned that already, but I think she genuinely and that's why she brought it up to Ken that morning. She was like, I you know, that's and that's what a good you know, one of those traditional hotels like that. Um, you know, me and Andrea stayed in a few across the like and you never stayed in one as I, I want to go to Bruce someday because it just looks beautiful. I right? do too. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of places that have stayed through the years where you just get that a little bit more, like when it's a smaller place or if it's just you can tell it's run by a little bit more independent kind of family kind of style rather than a conglomerate kind of hotel chain that you do you, do just get a little bit more of that people say hello to you like they recognize you rather than just say, say hello to you because it's their job. And that's what she, you have. You have a personal relationship yeah, with them, that's what it's like... Yeah. It's
1: so foreign to Americans that it just seems so quaint when you yeah. see it. Yeah. There's, um, because it just doesn't exist here. Because everything is. And that's what Harry's trying to do with that church. I mean, that in the deleted scene, he's trying to knock it over to make it everything more sterile. Because yeah. he just does not care about tradition and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's also hilarious that he thinks his idea, and I know this is a plot point, but like thinks that his idea of sending off ray is to send him to bruges yeah when he, <laughs> when he hates
0: it i'm glad we could i'm glad we could give the boy something is this the way he said that, that phone call his, yeah his phone um yeah it's another it's part a devastating
1: of- scene because you see and again ken plays it beautifully like that whole the whole, every time he's talking to harry on the phone mm-hmm. is an amazing acting because you know he's not hearing fines on the other line when he's actually doing it yeah acting like the faces he makes when he's like making up like oh it feels like i'm in a dream or what, <laughs> whatever it's he like says i'm in that... a
0: dream but i'm awake yeah yeah you know what he said <laughs> you know, he what, he, you know what he said face. to me the like... other day and he's just like yeah, yeah. and it, but it's almost like he's saying what he's feeling about it but just you know uh, putting it onto um onto ray but yeah and then just yeah the, and and Ralph Fiennes' voice over the phone is yeah he he does the he's he his cadence is very good because he goes from calm to infuri- infuriated in you know the snap of a finger and yeah
1: he is a complex character Harry yeah. he does have like he has a little bit of everything
0: yeah also probably has the line that is the undefeated line of the movie inarguably arguably oh uh, a... I would,
1: I know your favorite but I I would battle you on lines yeah well I know I you just,
0: love that I just love it as like <laughs> it's. Okay, maybe not the best line, but one of the best insults I've ever seen is, "Yeah, you're an inanimate, you're an inanimate fucking object." And then when he, apolog- yeah. uh, he when he apologizes, like, I like when he apologizes. I, I actually, think that's
1: funnier than when. It, is,
0: it is like the the one two impact of that is is great. And yeah, I'm sorry about the inanimate fucking object line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not an inanimate <laughs> object. <laughs>
1: it's like, yeah, no shit.
0: But when she comes in and says that too, like when she comes in and she's like, Harry. It's an animate object. And he's like, You're an inanimate fucking object. <laughs> just, just, it's just, and again, it's pacing of the way, the way they're delivered and the way that, like, you know, just, yeah. Great acting all around, great writing and just, and pacing. It's it's direction and editing and all those things, but it's, it's certainly in the scenes with how they're paced, it's um, a great direction, which is, you know, Ma- 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 Martin McDonald's directing his own work, so he knows exactly how it's going to come across. You know, he's not interpreting anything, but still, um, yeah, it's wonderfully done. Yeah, do you uh, do you think race of uh, like if you just just how do you like to feel about this movie at the end of it? Um,
2: I always
1: forget that he doesn't die. Like right, like we we it's you know up in the because air. he's be
0: because he's you, as you've said previously in, or in earlier in the pod. Um, theoretically, his insides have been blown half to bits by dum dums. Dum dums. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. Can't even believe he survived that long because it looked like he got like. I mean, they say, hey, if Tim Roth and uh, Reservoir Dogs can survive that long, I guess, you know, he ends up dying, but he doesn't get medical help. So, spoiler alert for Reservoir Dog fans, uh, or not fans, but people who haven't seen (laughs) it.
0: Look, you've had, you've had, uh, yeah, 28 years now. So,
1: I think that he survives because I think. That's him in a hospital bed saying that because I think in that moment of him, like, I think he's like, in, you know, I don't think any thoughts are going through his head after all that blood loss. And yeah, I think all he could muster was say, like, try to stop Harry from killing himself because that wasn't a little, and poor Jimmy gets just his head. Of course, Jimmy is a racist, so maybe it's fine. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but I don't think he's actually a Siri racist hookers just, and one racist dwarf. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I don't think he's actually racing. I don't that's think he is
0: he just he says he's just cocaine like, yeah he, even when he asks like <laughs> I when just he talks to him the next coke. day he's just like he's just like oh how's your race war thing going and he's like oh god did I start talking about that <laughs> like yeah that's <laughs> we all have our th- we all have our <laughs> things we talk about too much when we're drunk um,
1: you know. on cocaine I think <laughs> is the uh, I, I wouldn't know but uh, just the things you talk like the stream of consciousness that's in film and TV leads me to believe that. Yeah. It's very like stream of consciousness, basically. <laughs> but I like, if I had that stream of consciousness, a race for is not what I would be talking about. <laughs> Like the dwarf in, in the film. But, yeah. uh, yeah, but he's gacked out of his mind and he's a dwarf. Yeah. And he's drinking and like I don't know. It's just I kind of agree with uh um Ray when he says you can't give horse tranquilizer to a dwarf. I mean that's what they use to kill cats.
0: <laughs> I wasn't waving to, to get real dark about I wasn't it. waving to anyone that day except maybe a horse. <laughs> I again, it. another great Colin Farrell line is when he waves and the guy doesn't wave back, and just under his breath he's like, "Little fucking cunt." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's an amazing. Yeah. Poor Ray.
0: Yeah, I I like to think he he survives too. I think. Um, I I don't I don't know. man. My, I mean sure my reading of the film, any... like I've, I think I mentioned I can't remember if I mentioned it on air or off air, but I've I've read so many crazy stories about people surviving the craziest shit like
2: i think that was all fair yeah there was we like this story
0: this story stories from like world war Two of just you know not like not that you know but you do get a lot of stories out of world war Two because it's just such a well written and studied and publicized and researched <sighs> war about you know everything from just battlefield things to the greater political impacts of them but the on the ground stuff was there's, there's stories of a guy that was leading a platoon at the beach on D Day that took like fucking 50 or 60 rounds before he finally went down. And like, that's just inhuman. And yeah, it may be adrenaline. Is he stuff, on PCP?
1: Because <laughs> there are stories of Iwo of yeah. the Japanese giving their soldiers um, PCP and then basically like turning into like yeah. suicide bombers. But yeah, like no, I, it- I assume
0: that. I, I mean, this is who knows, but I just mean, like, you know, the. There's crazy stories out there of people surviving things they never should have. So, uh, right. I actually
1: read one the other day yeah. about a guy going against three, um, machine turrets, leading his, uh, an American in, uh, World War Two, leading his, uh, platoon, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Against three. Uh, german machine gun units Mm. and he gets shot like right away in the belly but keeps leading them throw throwing grenades shooting like with a pistol gets his arm blown off um that still has a grenade in it and it's gripped so tightly that it doesn't go off
2: yeah (laughs) like
1: it's on the pin so tightly that it doesn't go off gathers himself takes the grenade kills the next turret and then like finally i think he, like he loses he survives like it and he gets shot five times in the end and loses an arm and he still survives just like all right yeah what the fuck <laughs> like,
0: there's some crazy shit that happens to people what is yeah, even happening how people can like, survive these things is unreal and you know yeah. I understand, and like, that's yeah. what
1: we're talking about ken like surviving that fall i mean yeah. not surviving but for a little bit
0: yeah, I mean, that's what happened. They need the
1: mallet from Midsomar.
0: Call <laughs> <laughs> back to episode two. Um, yeah.
1: I still don't. I'm still so mad at that dumbass Swede for jumping legs first.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he, he even had the, the, the girl that went beforehand and showed the way. But... Yeah, just
1: land on top of her, dude. You'll be fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That um,
1: movie is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> just going back to that for a second.
0: Yeah, very excited for like. Um, I ordered from a twenty four shop the uh, collector's edition of Midsummer that they've released. I didn't get the four K one, but I was happy enough to just grab the Blu Ray one, which is apparently cloth bound and yeah, just just another home video geek, Probably bound
1: in human skin, like that book in the Oxford Library. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty Well, disgusting. you know, for
0: forty five dollars, then it's a bargain. So, um,
1: <laughs> oh man. This is borderline treasonous <laughs> to the human race.
2: but My we'll grandfather didn't hand die hand on
0: hand the hand beaches hand. of Ed Wear away. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man, we're both so tired.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there's a few things I wanted to get to. Um. Few things? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, the delirium has set in. It's 1.30 a.m. Um, it's 12 o'clock. I have I, to
1: go about my day after
0: this. Yeah, I, I, I get to go to sleep for about five hours. It's, it is Ryan Verner's birthday today. He's turning 23 today. Ryan! Like, um, so he's I gotta got a birthday. got to get him that
1: Seinfeld set. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to get a, I, I would send him my quickie mart if I could, I but I want
0: it. I think he already has a quickie mart, so... Ryan
1: outdoes me in literally everything, and I just... I don't like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but he's a party. better dancer
1: than I am for sure. Saw that at the he, wedding.
0: He can cut a rug um, better than most Verne's. So
1: the best Lego collector I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, we got bre- breakfast in about seven hours from now, so I'm gonna get about five and a half hours sleep. Um, breakfast, then work, and then dinner. So he's getting my pre- good for your mental <laughs> health. No, oh, no, I'll be fine. <laughs> Uh yeah. well work. Some people yeah. are built differently. Oh no, I just yeah, you battle through. Beers and podcasting after work is always helpful. Um, therapeutic. Um I found it really interesting that um, you know, I love personal stories about how scripts get written. Uh Martin McDonough said in his in his, his uh behind the scenes that this idea came to him because he went to Bruges himself, just on a whim, just went for a vacation. And he said he was walking through the streets, and he simultaneously was really fascinated by the architecture, architecture and all the pretty buildings and stuff. And but it was also found himself quite bored after three or four hours. So essentially, what he that's did, me with sightseeing, man. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm the same. Like I relate to Ray a lot in this, other than like there's some toxic masculinity going on that I don't have. But like, because I would drink the quote unquote gay is probably. More than most people. And, uh, yeah. And we've already talked about how it would have just been robbed probably by Chloe's ex. (laughs) (laughs) But I like, I want to go to Europe and see all that stuff. And like, I've been to Boston and seen like art, like the American history and all Mm -hmm. the old stuff when I was young and it was like cool and stuff. But now it's just like, like I would walk the Revere ride like I did when I was in fourth grade. There's a red line. All through Boston, yeah, that shows the ride, which his ride was wasn't even it's a sexist story the- A woman rode way more miles and told way more people than Paul Revere, but honestly, Paul Revere is famous because his name rhymes with here the word here um because of the fa- that famous poem, but they still have the red line on there, and I would like to do it again, yeah, but this time I would be like, Boston has these open air pubs. Oh, man, when the pandemic is over, so like in a decade, um, (laughs) hope to get back there and uh, like hit some open air pubs on the way and just be like, oh, yeah, this is where Paul Revere is at. And like in the church that has the two lanterns is on the on the whole thing. And then you go to the harbor and, you know, it's fun. Yeah. But like I like like, I can imagine as an adult being bored by it, like. Yeah. As a kid, I was like, kind of like Ralphines, Ray Fines in this. Like, he's like, when he was seven, he was in awe of Bruges. But mm-hmm. like, it's, it's like you can only look at it, so many old buildings. Yeah, I and mean. I like to think of myself as like a man of culture, but
0: yeah, I don't know, me, I don't want to see. I, don't, I mean, don't
1: give a shit about Jesus' blood.
0: Yeah, see, I'd be <laughs> See, I'd be fascinated by that place, even if it wasn't. I think, obviously, I'm not a believer in any of that shit, but, like, it just... Yeah, but a, I know, you. you'd just want pints,
1: ca- too. You'd want pints. Oh, yeah,
0: well, me and Andrea, I've done it. I've we Me and Andrea went to Nuremberg, and we spent a couple of hours walking around, and then when we were jet-lagged and got up early, we went and watched the sunrise from the Nuremberg castle, and and we did it. We walked around, like, because Nuremberg's very much the, the inner city of it is very um, historic and old in a very similar way, and uh, we did the walking around and looked at the pretty buildings and stuff and enjoyed it, and that's got canals and rivers and... We didn't get bored of oh, it. Then I did also. Have you done to... the canals?
1: Yeah. I
0: I. But then I did. I I definitely wanted some beers. I don't think I had many. Beer, we were jet lagged. I didn't have too many. Yeah. Yeah. But I. Yeah. But I, yeah too, I'm, but... I'm, I'm fascinated by history and stuff, though. So I like, mean, I love yeah. history.
1: I guess like my bigger thing is like nature. It's like when people want to go into nature mm. and look at it. It's like, well, yeah, there it is. Yeah. It's not that much different than seeing a picture. Of it on <laughs> Yeah. Like, I've been to Mount Rushmore, it's not cool. Like,
0: no, it's not. It's stolen land, so fuck them. Um, the Badlands is dope as fuck, Scrub though. off those faces and give it back to the people. I'll just um, blow it all up. Yeah, well, just let the people do what they want with it. That's what I would say.
1: Also, the guy who created that was a Nazi sympathizer yeah, Ku Klux and Klan member did, it to, <laughs> did it to prove to his father that he wasn't gay. That's why Mount Rushmore exists. So, Wait, a little he, bit of history ca- for you folks.
0: He carved four big cobs. Two cobs. <laughs> <laughs> this is
1: what happens when we do them in the morning for me is that like your accent reminds me so much of the guy that says two hobs. <laughs> like when you say like English words that, like ex- elongate that A. Someone like, four cobs. Um he was a Nazi sympathizer and he carved he he set out on the mission to prove to his father that he wasn't gay.
0: Yeah, well, carving four big male faces on a on a hillside doesn't exactly <laughs>
1: I'm not exactly sure how, it. was the 30s or 40s or 50s. I don't even know. What happened.
0: I think it was 19. Was it 1934? Some fucking you know, the Fort Laramie Treaty was signed in 1868, giving the land to the Lakota people, and
1: then they yeah, just it decided like, to fuck. Well, it'd be the Dakota, right?
0: I'm not up properly I think there it's... are
1: two different sex. yeah, yeah. Sex. either way word.
0: either way it's rightly indigenous land as it all is so let so those are all of Nebraska. And, and yeah fuck all I mean shit. all of America is yeah that's what I, that's what I meant it all is was meant to encompass all of America but yeah Fuck the 4th of July. and uh, ah, In Bruges, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Um, ah, yeah, yeah, that's why we
1: don't do Independence Day on this podcast, because fuck this country. And yeah. again, I will take a ticket if you want me to love it or leave it. Give me some money to leave. <laughs> I will go to Australia. I will go to Canada. I will go to Bruges. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I was starting to say how, yeah, the, basically the the idea of the film was that he took his two his two conflicting mindsets and just created two characters out of them, and then was like, "Well, what the fuck are these two guys just going to be doing in Bruges?" Then, and then was just like, "Oh, they're wait waiting." And then he just it's kind of just how how stories flesh out, which you know, as someone who tries to write them but still hasn't finished one because I can never do that, but um, like a true writer, yeah, um, it's 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 really fascinating. I like
1: that interpretation of it because, like, I was trying to like place you on one character and me on the other throughout yeah, yeah. it and i think they like i don't think there's ever like and it's the same with seven psychopaths because yeah. like in many ways i'm billy but in many ways i'm marty at the same time and so it's like it does make sense that those like two and, and in many ways i'm ken and in many ways i'm Ray, and i think that's how a lot of people watch movies is that you look for somebody to relate to yeah. And then see yourself through them, and then that's how you end up rooting for whoever you're rooting for. I'm sure there's some fucking cunts in this country who saw this movie and rooted for Harry because he has a goddamn code, and he, you know, don't tread on me bullshit. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I see a lot of myself in Ray, but then Ken has moments of, like... Because I do think I would enjoy the history for a while.
2: Mm.
1: But I would not want to, like... I don't know, when I wanna pint I don't want to walk up the top, like a curvy staircase to the top of the tower, even though I'm sure I would like it, you know?
0: You're bun- you're a bunch of fucking elephants. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, Americans get super bashed throughout this film, it's pretty funny.
0: Leave it fatty. <laughs>
1: Just running, <laughs> just running back and forth. That was always my thought. If I got into a fight with a larger man, who are who large men in this country, America, are not afraid of young, of um of of smaller men, mm-hmm. but they should be because we can give you guys a heart attack. So don't <laughs> talk shit in your Yankees hat.
0: Just the rudest man. The rudest man. I love, I, love I love it,
1: and then later in the film so um an Americans' had a heart attack <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. we had, no, to, we had to close the tower, tower. <laughs> <laughs> but then you can't you don't know if it is, if he's had the heart attack purely from walking up the stairs, or if is it after he's been chasing Colin Farrell around for calling him a fatty, and then he's gone up the stairs stressed out.
1: <laughs> it's from years of packing his arteries with yeah, well, cheap beer and fatty foods, yeah. I yeah mean, like, that's why he died. Yeah. Sorry to say, it. I my ticker is okay, but I got high blood pressure, so I feel for you guys. I'm sure I'll have a stroke at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. But um, <laughs> I like, it's it's one of the most gifted moments from the movie is Colin Farrell's shrug when like when the when the lady turns around screw you motherfucker and like Brendan Gleeson's like oh, oh Ken's like what was that about and he just just does that shrug and he's like Americans isn't it like it's just. <laughs> Um, We don't
1: take kindly to uh, being being told the truth. (laughs) Yeah, especially that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um. Yeah, I yeah, just great performances. I I also don't don't
1: like people like. I mean. Colin Farrell's heart was in the right... Or Ray's heart was in the right place in that scene, but like, it's
0: a dick thing to yeah, say. Yeah, it, it up, is. It, like, it absolutely. Is. It's just... He he just doesn't have a filter, and that's what his character is, and I, I think I mentioned it earlier. That's kind of what M- McDonough wanted, is that he's not... He doesn't have any hate directed in any one spot. None of it's actually said out of hate. He's just just doesn't have a filter and doesn't actually think that much enough about it to know if it's hurtful or not, so... You know, because Ken tries to do it in a bit more diplomatic way. <laughs> it's still wrong. But um, the one thing, the only moment in the movie that I ever disagreed with Ken was when he tried to swindle the guy for 10 cents when he had a fucking Chris 50 euro note in his pocket. I'm like, if you if you see the sign says five euro, just get your 50 out and pay the... I
1: don't know.
0: That guy's a cunt. And Ralph Rave finds deals with him later. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a cunt. He's doing it. He's it, a cunt. He starts poke in his head oh yeah that too, that that is being a cunt yeah
1: but, oh you oh my god if somebody came in when i was serving burritos i i paid for a girl's meal one day because she her card got declined and i was just like
0: no yeah no, i guess that, that but when it's it's just 10 like 10 cents or 10 quit
1: i don't know what how money works over there it's 10, it's 10, 10, 10.
0: euros is euros is cents
1: it's still cents yeah,
0: yeah. But the, the the dollar amount is euro instead of it's ten I would
1: hate that though as a customer service person of being like He's like if somebody comes up to you and goes, Wanna get rid of my coins, I'm like there's a coin star around the corner, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not a fucking coin star. Exactly. <laughs> but I have had people dump out money on account I'm sure you have as well.
0: Uh yeah, I have people yeah, kids usually just want to swap money for coins for games, which is fine. Um just have to right, see. and so I worked just at a... a
1: barcade, so it's like, yeah, that's fine. It was like, hey, can I get some quarters? It's like, there are three quarter dispensers, very clear yeah. in this goddamn. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, see, we don't have those, but um, we're going,
1: off, we're going off of what we were talking about. Like, I'm on Ken's yeah. side, Like, you can't give it, can't give it to me for 490. I've never done that in my life. But like, if I was on the other side of the glass, I'd be like, yeah, fuck. It's 10 cents. Like,
0: I'll find yeah. a dime somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I just, I, yeah, I, I'm just on the other side of it. I just, I mean, it depends if someone's list, like, I'm sorry, I don't have anything else on me, but he, he's got a Chris 50 in his pocket. That's my issue with it, is he pu- pulls out a 50 euro note. It's not like he pulls out a tenner. He pulls out a 50. <laughs> he can pay- And the coins
1: are extremely important. Later in the film, so yeah. he can, maybe he, you're right. Yeah, he can pay the he, he uses those.
0: Yeah, he does. But it, it
1: warn people that he's about to, to
0: yeah. die. So maybe it's like a bit of you know reverse karma. Like he does the right he do, he begrudgingly does the right thing there, but then it comes into pay pays pays dividends later. Unfortunately, he doesn't live to see much beyond that. But he does the right thing. That he know he 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 does jump to his um. Death, no, uh, doing something that he, he... His last moment is trying to do something right, which is, you know, he's finally breaking free of, you know, Kent, uh, Harry's... Well, he thought up. Harry
1: was going to kill him anyway, so I'm sure yeah. he was already at peace with his death. And it yeah. seems like after his wife was killed, it, it was just kind of over for him anyway. Yeah. Like, he was, just, like, living on borrowed time almost. Mm-hmm. So...
0: Just, just, yeah, really complex cool.
1: character. Really, like, he's so calm. It's almost like he knew it was his swan song. Not mm. to even, that I was not on purpose, but like, he knew he was gonna die on that trip
0: the more than really. thought. <laughs> fucking swan song, how can
1: that not be your fucking thing
0: <laughs> again? Um, that
1: wouldn't really be my thing. no like, oh, there's a swan, cool.
0: Yeah, you, you <laughs> have birds in it. I. If the birds are in a canal in front of a really pretty... Build, it has to be the whole picture, you know? Like, if it's just a swan on a patch of grass, I'm like, yeah, okay, it's a fucking bird. And You it... know
1: what I'm doing in that scenario? I'm like, oh, look at that swan. Over it. Two seconds. <laughs> like, into it for two seconds. Over it. Then. It's like, all right, cool. Swans are mean as fuck, too, by the way. So it's like, if you ever have to deal with one, it's not good. <laughs> they hiss at you and stuff there's like hole four or five on pioneers golf course in nebraska lincoln proper <laughs> but kind of outside lincoln um there's hole four or five has a family of swans and they are all dicks even the little babies a baby will run at you like <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even have wings yet they're just like this like they're like I wish uh, I
0: unfortunately the listeners can't see that you're doing a full body impression with your face like squinting, doing a hiss. Um, that that, yeah, that was like, just I will
1: hit you across this reservoir into the <laughs> hole, you little fucking swan. And I don't even eat meat. And I just hey, don't be mean. Swans are dicks. Look it up.
0: God damn it. Um, where was I going after that? Uh, I had one more thing I wanted to say and get your opinion on. It. Oh yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Carter Burwell guy. Um, the composer. Which one's that then? Oh, uh, he's he did the score for this movie. He did the score for all. Oh yeah, great. I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. The piano. He oh, he does yeah. the score for all the cohen Brothers movies, and he's done all the the scores for all of um McDonald's films as well. It so is really really it's- good unreal i love it yeah it sets tone perfectly it's slow and be, it's slow and melodic at the start and then and then when he the moment where it really hits how diverse he, he can do it he can make a score and again like three bill woods i thought was an amazing score and was nominated um and obviously no country in all the coen brothers movies have great right. scores so um uh, it doesn't need to be said anymore that he's clearly um respected but you know it's really melodic and beautiful and and you know kind of uh you know classic and and for much of the film but then there's moments where it builds in the tension and then when uh chloe screams as the first gunshot rings as uh, ray starts running and it hits with some heavy more yeah. kind of rocky heavy anthem it's like Jesus, he just hits the notes every time in this movie and really just yeah. matches the pace of the film perfectly and yeah I, lo- I love his love music I, it's it's in a lot of my like uh playlists of just i have movie score playlists where i want to listen to stuff while i'm writing that doesn't have dialogue because obviously listening to music with words fucks with the writing right. so movie <laughs> yeah. movie soundtracks are amazing for it and yeah a lot of carter burwell in my um playlists and yeah this this movie is one that he really just hits just matches the film so perfectly
1: so if you do the score, and this is a dumb question, and I think I know the answer, is like you don't also pick like the music that's in it, like the songs that aren't yours. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because like a, so, in there's Seven song... Psychopaths has a great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah,
0: um, yeah. Because there's a song that plays, and I don't know the name of it. That there's the one where uh, Ken's climbing to the top of the tower and then jumps. There's a song there. Um, yeah, it's an Irish. Yeah, uh, I don't. I assume that there's a, a
1: stone song in in Bruges as
0: well. I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a decision by the director. I would assume. Um, okay. It's obviously you got to get rights for them as well, but yeah, I assume that's a, and I maybe they. I assume if you have a good working relationship with your your composer, score composer, and you're not sure what you want to do, they might um, work with you on that. But yeah, I'm, I don't know the collaborative process exactly because I don't I'd love to be in the film business to know exactly how it works, but. <laughs> Yeah, I assume it's different for every. Like, I know listening to um, when uh, I, I li- went and saw Olivia Wilde do a Q and A about um, Book Smart, she talked about like certain songs she just loved and wanted in the movie. Some like just wanted yeah. to, yeah, like she'd find music for. So she she was very much involved in the process. But then she said she did, you know, talk to people about them and and things like that too. So yeah, I think it's, it's every, every movie's probably got a di- like different collaborative process depending on who it is. And you know, I think directors would. S- Certainly, especially when you've got a guy like Carter Burwell, they have a very good mind for music for the right moments and whatnot. So whether they collaborated a bit on finding the right ones where it wasn't original score composed, but yeah, his his composing was brilliant for this movie because it is a lot of the soundtrack is just his his music playing in the background as they're uh, wandering around Bruges at the start and yeah, just the and then obviously the ending was um yeah brilliant score as well there uh, the chase and all that.
1: Yeah, I was just wondering that because Seven Psychopaths has an amazing soundtrack throughout yeah, it. And it does really sets the tone, and then also Three Billboards, uh, they start with a town, a beautiful Towns Van Zandt song, mm. and then close. Well, not close, but like at the start of the third act, a little bit into it, they bring it back, but it's a cover version of a female singing it, and a much more. It's much more like yeah, sad. Yeah. I guess it has a sadder tone to it. Yeah. And it's just a, like, flawless yeah. execution.
0: Yeah. Then three billboards. Like his his original the original stuff for that. Like that. Yeah. I I love some of that stuff from three billboards. It's just. I, it's I a good foot. Yeah. We'll we'll do it at some point. I'm sure. Um, because it's certainly got some controversy around it. That's interesting to talk. about. Yeah, I want to
1: yell at all those people. Karate <laughs> chop them. Like they're a dwarf. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right, uh, let's. Uh, you got anything else you want to get to before we hit the um, tomatoes? And I think we've done done it justice. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've gone. We're almost. We're at an hour and fifty now, so it's going to be one of our longest. Oh weeks. my god! It's just, it's just what we over the
1: time limit again. Over the movie run again.
0: Over the. no, that doesn't work. <laughs> 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 Two hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> You just gotta be ready
0: for it. Yeah. Um, so, In Bruges has um, seven point nine out of ten on IMDb. Ninety uh, percent of Google users like it. Eighty four percent in Rotten Tomatoes. Too low. Yes. We agree. <laughs> Too low. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh,
1: I'm giving I'm it. Give it Eighty-eight, eighty-nine. 89.
0: so, right, I'm, so yeah, I'm still like the standard three or four percentage points ahead of you, but
1: um. Well, this is like one of your favorite movies. I yeah. again still like Seven Psychopaths more, and I think it's better. Yeah, I would put it on par with Three Billboards too. Like I, I think those. I can't pick one between those two. Yeah, I Maybe, like all of them. I don't know why this movie
0: 89. just resonates with me so much more. Maybe it's because the heart and soul of the movie is, I think, to me a little bit deeper, like Ray. Ray's deep hurt is deeper than any other like I mean I Mildred in three billboards is pretty that's a that's a deep hurt as well but ray i just Farrell's performance tips it for me I think and Francis Mcdonald obviously three billboards had two acting Oscars from it, but I think yeah. Farrell's performance in in Bruges is probably the best performance that Mcdonald's got in all three of his films I think to me it's just it's something that resonates with me, maybe it's the time I saw it you know the, the interesting thing about I saw this movie. My parents, like were just you know one of those cinema movie clubs where you sign up for free, and they send you just free tickets i I saw this movie two weeks before it came out officially in Australia because my parents got sent two tickets to see this random in Bruges. and Mom and dad were like, I've never heard of this, and i was I was just you know I was young and not obviously into movies like I am now. I've always been into movies but but they was just like, oh, this is a movie with Colin Farrell and some the synopsis was like Hitmen hiding out in Bruges. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go see it. So I went completely... This was one of those movie experiences I had where I went completely blind. I hadn't seen a trailer. All I knew was Colin Farrell, Hitmen, in some random Belgium city. And I knew what Bruges was because it's the first club that Liverpool beat in a European Cup final in 70. It was Club Bruges. Classic. Random. Just- but, um, and I think it's one of those movies I saw at a time when I wasn't seeing too many movies... That were really deep and it but it was the, one of the first movies i saw where i started watching movies more um and getting more out of them and in Bruges* was probably one of them just at the time of my life and it's just resonated and i've watched it god I'd, I'd say it'd be in the i'd be in the 20s now of how many times i've watched it and and i just love and it's just there's something about ray's character just i feel for him so much and ken as well i i I feel like I feel but raise the one you really just I connect to as far as just and more now because I understand how it how it feels like you know I hurt and guilt and not wanting not under not knowing how to reconcile with yourself but trying to get through life with what you've, you yeah just yeah I guess life experience as well but yeah I just I adore this movie I love it so much it's one of the, my yeah if I had to do a I don't know if it'd be in my top ten of films, but it might be. I don't know. It depends on when I, wh- what day I'm in, and where, what mood I'm in. Because when you sit, when someone just says, "Oh, three, give me your top ten films now," it depends what you've watched in the last week. Sometimes, right? What what your mem- yeah. memory triggers, but it's definitely a movie that when people like, if I have time to sit there and people are say, just recommend to me some movies, I'll give you a day. Like in Bruges would be one of the ones that behind on the list because it's just thing. It's one of those films that is so unique and and certainly for mcdonough like he, all three of his films are unique but i think in bruges is just the one that just hits so it's so contained and so tight and so perfect in the sense of like you know seven psychopaths is brilliant because um, it's it's doing something very different and um a lot more i think seven psychopaths is a lot more light-hearted but it has its heavy moments but it has, it's a lot lighter as well in many ways um and three billboards is a mixture of both and but yeah Inbrew's just it's a special place in my heart it's certainly bias on my part but yeah i'd i'd, I'd i would i would have liked to see like not, when i i didn't know what it was on rotten tomatoes and i was hoping to see like a 91 92 but maybe, <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah but, but there's
1: like probably a lot of people who went into it thinking it's gonna be like an action film with you know Colin yeah. Farrell in it especially in 2008
0: it's poster. A lot of the posters for it are, are quite light. It's like shoot first, sightsee later, which is actually the perfect synopsis for it. But people that see that um, are probably going to expect a little bit more, a lot more. It's very black comedy, and but it's it's not like overt. It's like you have to actually really listen to it and watch it and understand the some of the character work to get the get how much of the black comedy is there. So yeah, it's um it's probably a bit misunderstood by some. So. It's good to see like the ninety percent of Google users like it means it's got a very good audience score, um, and eighty four percent Rotten Tomatoes just means that you know some critics out there didn't like it, but yeah,
1: it was completely misrepresented in this country as well with the trailers. The trailers were so bad. Mm-hmm. I remember that even back then, like the, the trailers that they released here. It's like they almost like released it like it was like a buddy, buddy cop film yeah i guess a buddy film and whatever you want to call it they're obviously not cops but
2: yeah
0: a but yeah kind of like buddies hanging out movie which it actually is but it's so much more than that so right it's yeah right. yeah like, um i actually don't even know if i've ever seen a trailer for this movie because like i said I, I saw it completely blind in that moment
1: i mean i was like in 2008 i was 19 so like i remember it and i was like that looks interesting but like i don't get i don't know i just don't it didn't make sense to an american audience i don't think yeah um obviously he makes out their films anyway Mm. so like three billboards is definitely probably his biggest success but uh obviously we've already talked about the backlash on it so
0: he challenges
1: the viewer and uh some people don't like to be challenged when they watch films you know
0: yeah well you know like i said it's been it's a cliche of mine but hit the klaxon it's brave filmmaking and brave writing so you gotta hit you gotta hit you gotta hit you gotta hit hit some hard things sometimes um and you know you've got to do it right but yeah i think he does it does it pretty well um i'm sure we'll talk about those films at future times but um yeah this one certainly yeah it's so it it's one that um, and it's interesting seeing all the writing about it online, and 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 especially this you know special edition I've got from Second Sight with the essays in there, and it shows that the film you know that, that got released what a year or two ago that special edition or whatever. That's respect to a film that's been around for a while, because it's it's you know a lot of special edition films like that are more genre. You know horror fil- horror fans love a good special edition box, but getting a film like that to do one is um, you know people are you know going to be real real into your films for that kind of one and yeah i I think it's uh, the the film has a lot of cult respect and and ongoing respect for what it did as a unique kind of film and there's a lot of videos online uh, on youtube about different different people breaking it down talking about the, the you know the the guilt uh you know studying the guilt of the film and um and morality and all those things that we've talked about so yeah it's really really cool to see how much how much people can take out of it and it does have a fair bit of respect around the around film circles. So.
1: It's a writer's film, just like all of his films, I think. Yeah. Or at least, especially the first two. Yeah. Um, Three Billboards is also just beautifully written. But, uh, you know, some people don't think that. But, uh, yeah, I want to talk about that movie now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll have, have to throw, do it sometime this year. But yeah.
0: uh, Very down. We'll throw it on the engine um,
1: sometime soon. But his first two films are just so, like, unique, I guess, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. They're just so, like, they're so him that it just, like, I don't know. I love it. Yeah. Like, that kind of style. And then, like, to follow up with Three Billboards, I kind of want him to go back to, like, the style before that. Not that that Three Billboards is that far of a stone's throw away from these films, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: it will be interesting to see what he does next. I don't know if he's got any plans for next, but um, he's certainly the kind of considering he's only got three fi- or oh, four films if you include um, Six Shooter, which is well worth a watch. Um, again, uh, Brendan Gleeson's in that one. Uh, it's a really great. It's a 27-minute short film, so it's certainly one that's got a bit bit of substance to it. Um, and and again, it won the Academy Award for the best short film. So um, yeah, it's again well received. So he is an Academy Award-winning um, writer and director. It was just for a short film, and not any of his. Uh, yeah, uh, but the in, in Bruce screenplay was nominated as well. I think it lost to, lost to Milk that year. I think was yeah. What it lost that's to. So, what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Milk
1: uh, up that
0: year. Yeah, Milk. I Said <laughs> Milk. <damn> yeah. <laughs> and I think that was the year that Slumdog Millionaire won, um, uh, best picture and director for Denny Boyle. Which I actually enjoy Slumdog Millionaire, so I'm not going to hate on that one. Um. Yeah, I like all. Uh- <laughs> um yeah uh anyway i guess that's a bit <laughs> it might be one of our longest po- podcasts at this point so um which i'm not not surprised at because it is just a film that's got lots of lots of shit to talk about uh, yeah we could have talked about I, a lot more stuff so. yeah i'm sure i'll get to it I, after this i'll fi- I'll finish and be like oh yeah there was that from this because i've watched all these special features and deleted scenes and all that shit and just there's so much stuff that I was excited about, and but it was good to just have a free a free chat about it and just hit what we hit the important points, which we certainly did. So, yeah, I'll raise my pint of Guinness, my normal beer for my normal me.
1: <laughs> I'm out of everything. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. One second. All right. Talk amongst yourselves.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, to the fans out there. Uh, yep, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the Arsenal scarf in the background there. <laughs>
1: this is part of my dirty clothes. I like to separate yeah.
0: my jerseys. <laughs> Got my Lillard as well. Nice. Yeah. Raise our beers and our white claws. Watermelon. White claws. Watermelon. Um. To in Bruges. You wanna, yeah. Certainly. Like I. Every film we do, we love. But yeah, this is definitely a film I absolutely adore. And um. Yeah. Long t- Long many watches, and it only gets better. So. Yeah. Until next time, we'll uh, pour some pints of the, the, I was going to, I just don't want to say the gay beer line again, so I'm just not going to go there. We'll pour some pints. It's fine. Pour some pints, pop some corn, roll some film. See you next week, Shay.
1: After I wrote the story, I dropped the computer in the bag, washed the residue off me in the Jake's bathroom, and walked to await instructions. Shortly thereafter, the instructions came. Get the fuck out of Lincoln, you dumb fuck. Get to Wallingford. I didn't even know where Wallingford was. It's in Connecticut.